2024. It's the first week of 2024, and I don't want to admit how many times I've still written 2023, and this is also take five because I can't say 2024 three times in this part correctly. What's going to happen this year? What do you think I am, a precog? Lawsuits, acquisitions, studio closures, studio openings, studio revivals, and most importantly, new game releases. This is the well-obviously intro. Now it's time for your hosts, Rob Roberts, Jamie Summers, and Loki to catch up and get the new year stories rolling. Starting right now on the show, where every gamer has a voice. Hello, my friends out there on the internet. Welcome back to another week, another year, if you will, of the show where every gamer has a voice. It is Orange Lounge Radio back at you live once again with episode number 988 of our show for tonight, January the 7th of 2024. My name is Rob Roberts, and uh, I'm back after a little bit of a holiday break here at OLR with my co-hosts. Say hello first and foremost to the one and only Dark Sakura or Jamie Summers. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you? How, happy New Year. How was your uh, New Year? Um, It was pretty uneventful, just chill and then going right on back to work. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. It is what it is. I'm looking at getting myself a, a new Mac Mini soon. Um, but I got a new Apple Watch because of some weird legislation issues going on. Hmm. Apparently, um, there was a like a a lawsuit about the uh, O2 sensor. Oh yeah, I heard about this. Where like they had to pull it from official store. I thought that only lasted like two days, though. Like the they... it, it did, but I jumped and bought mine before all that <laughs> went down. I needed one anyway. My Series Four wasn't you know lasting very long. By the way, if anyone wants to buy an Apple Watch Series Four, let me know. Um, but uh, uh, I, I we just went forward, and I got I got Dan an Apple TV. Um, so he could have his uh, Dolby sound and actually nice. use our surround sound system. So nice, yeah. yeah um, was, I, and we bought each other a lot of transformers. I was going to say, I guess I should I should check in on what gaming things people got or bought or otherwise for the holidays. So you you have that Apple TV and the sound system and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool. Yeah. Um, and by I, the way, I have something I'll share in a minute. But go ahead. SSJ100 Matt said that my VTuber got a tan. No, she didn't. She actually has ferret coloring very subtly. <laughs> I love she it. is a ferret furry. Well, if you want to see the video of the show, I would invite you or chat along with us as SSJ100 Matt is. I invite you to uh, participate live because we do tape live every Sunday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific, right after the Bobby Blackwell show at the Voice of Geeks Network, twitch.tv slash VOG Network. Speaking of Bobby Blackwell, he's actually not going to be here next week because he has this side gig uh, at a little uh, at a little convention online streaming thing called Awesome Games Done Quick. And so he's going to be working at that convention next. Well, he actually isn't working on Sunday, but, you know, he has to travel, get settled in, all that good stuff. Uh, he talked about some of the stuff he is tentatively set to host. Remember, they change everything. They can potentially change anything right up to the last minute. So tentatively, he's supposed to um, be hosting, you know, doing the announcing. He's not actually playing. Okay, that's that's somebody else very good at the video game. Bobby is announcing, reading donations, you know, keeping that sort of thing moving uh, for Bomb Rush Cyberfunk on Thursday night, which I thought was awesome. Because if you don't know that one, that's like that's like the Jet Set Radio future kind of like spiritual successor game. So there's that. And then um, Saturday night, uh, he said he was doing Lies of P, 
which is kind of a newer like souls like game that i know a lot of people were very into um so yeah i thought that was really cool so anyway bobby won't be here next week but we will uh we are not doing awesome games done quick uh we'll be watching but we won't be uh participating uh so um we'll be cheering on bobby and hopefully donating which will be a lot of fun um Anyway, let me, of course, introduce our other host, the one and only Techmaster Loki. Hello. Hey, Loki, how are you? I'm fine. I'm multitasking you, as usual. Multitasking? What are you, are you editing a video? Your latest Minecraft video in the background? Or what else are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I should be. Yeah, I should be doing that. No, I was, I was just posting on Twitter. Um, no, it, just, yeah, I should be editing. I really should be. <laughs> I have, like, three three different things, like, three quarters of the way done type of thing i did i did uh film the last part of the raise work stuff so i've been procrastinating on that you're just stacking but, you know, content it, it, that was the plan like the plan was like yeah okay i'll just i'll have this ready to go this will be all done and i'll just put it out and then that way i can take more time on this and then then there's something else new that came up so now i'm playing that and it's like ugh, you know what am i gonna do yeah actually um speaking of like you know, recording videos and stuff. So, you know, I've been kind of screwing around on YouTube, but it's very, like, all the YouTubes I've been doing lately are, like, gameplay only. I don't talk over them, which, for anybody that knows me, knows that I am demonstrating great restraint by not talking over videos. But I've been working a lot to figure this out, and I actually, I finally, I think, cracked the code because I'm able to do 4K gameplay videos now. So I've actually, nice. I, I, you know, did some research, some forums, checking with other people that, you know, were in similar boats and situations um, because I was trying to record, um, ironically, Dead by Daylight off PlayStation 5. So I, I got the version of PlayStation Plus that has like the game library. And one of those games was Dead by Daylight. And I was like, oh, I could go in and like record myself getting adept trophies. Like, you know, just, you know, not all of them because I'm not going to buy all the DLC, but like, you know, the core four and the other characters that come free with it now. Like, because I think David King is like part of the base pack now. They don't sell you know, him as DLC is just included with the game now. Um, so get the, get the adept with the low hanging fruit, so to speak. The first video I did where I was trying to do adept Dwight didn't work. The 4k was terrible. So I did some research da, 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 and I, I put it to use with a 4k Claudette video, which I got adept on because we had a killer that basically was not doing anything. So it's, it's I, I will be the first to admit, it's not the most interesting video in the world. It's a very WTF. Like what is this hoe doing? Like type of thing. But um, <laughs> then I started doing some Final Fantasy 14 4K videos. So I was like, oh, this is great that I can do this now. So I'm going to try to put more 4K gameplay videos up on YouTube because there's there's some, but there's not a ton. And a lot of the stuff that's up there is people yapping over it going, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe to my channel. And just, just, like all that crap that um, I just I just I want somebody to be able to have chill vibes on YouTube. Because that's what I think a lot of people do. They set YouTube on in the background and just let it run, right? So that's that's what I'm making Some content. Some people, for. I think. Yeah. So anyway, um, but back to podcasting and what we're doing here live on Sunday night. We have some folks in chat saying SSG 100 Matt says 2024, the year of episode 1000. Indeed, indeed. 
Uh, Mike Def says, OLR will be doing awesome podcasting done at a normal pace. Well, th thank you for saying that. We'll mm -hmm. we'll try our best. But for those that might be new to Orange Launch Radio, because it is a new year, uh, new year, same us. Uh, <laughs> OLR has uh, existed since 2002 as a live internet program. The three of us, myself, Dark Sakura, and Loki, we all met playing a game called Dance Dance Revolution at the local arcade. Yes, that game with the arrows that has been mocked in pop culture, uh, media, and praised. Uh, many, many, many times. Uh, they moved on. They're, they're, they're mocking older games now. Well, yeah, now they're mocking <laughs> Tetris, but we'll get to that. Uh, so uh, um, we all met playing that and going to – and so we wanted to do like a live community show to talk about like DDR tournaments and the whole – thing that you know we were doing uh and hot pocketry in our chat <laughs> i like that name asks uh met irl yeah we all we all actually uh we all met in person um at the arcade the problem is arcades are all ticket spitting machine like this story would not happen in 2024 because arcades don't have the same type of community games well i should yeah, round I should one myself, i mean right yeah round one and some places, that's like the exception to the rule well and yeah. there are also very niche or what i would call boutique arcades like vegas has a few of them if you if you think about like the pinball hall of fame i would call that a boutique arcade okay it's not your typical arcade it's a very themed thing to attract different types of people like yeah we could still have that story at a place like that but now like golf land and that whole thing no we could we would never meet in a place like that now. So, um, but you know, uh, we, we all met each other and enjoyed playing together. And ultimately we stopped playing as much DDR because they weren't putting it out as much, you know, uh, other companies started making huge music games, you know, rock band, guitar hero. Hello. So we just, we, we've kind of discovered and, and realized we love music games, but we love music games because we actually love video games and our love of music games is a part of that. So now we talk about all video games and later tonight, we're going to talk about, we have a story about dark Sakura, one of her all time favorite video games. I don't know if it's, well, no, I know. Yeah. The guardian is. legend. I, well, I said one of your all time favorite. It's not the favorite because <laughs> that one I know is your favorite, but um, I know. you know, one that is it's back in the news again because of it, but we'll get to that in a little bit. For now, let's get into our kickoff topic tonight, talking about what Loki was just referencing, that now we're dogging on, well, we're not, we aren't, uh, the one media may be, but we'll, yeah, one person did, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's focus on the good part of this story first off. Loki, uh, tell us about the old, old game back in the news again this week, and yes, this is newsworthy because everybody's talking about this, including NBC, CBS, all of it. Is, uh, it's, it this is a mass media story right now. Yeah, so apparently a 13-year-old uh, uh, competitive Tetris player that goes by the name Blue Scooty became the first person, or human, because it's been done in tasks before, to get to the NES classic kill screen on the NES, or the uh, Tetris on the NES, the kill screen on that. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, I think, based off of you know some of the videos and stuff I've watched about it, there's a lot of like dodging different crashes in the game because of that. But yeah. they were able to basically max out the score, max out um, a lot of the pieces dropped, and then it just came down to the game just doesn't function anymore. Yep. Um, 
So it, it is it's somewhat impressive. Watching the palette switches is just nuts. <laughs> it is somewhat the equivalent of the 256 board in Pac-Man and that infamous kill screen. It is it's not one for one. I know the techies, but like the best way to explain it is that it is a kill screen because of the limitations of older gaming media, similar to Pac-Man and the 256 board. I, a lot of the media has been reporting this as he beat the game. I don't, I don't want to diminish his accomplishments. He did. He bested the game. I think is, is probably a better term to use. He bested Tetris because the funny thing is, you may or may not recall the, and I don't expect the folks talking about this on NBC to know about this, but like that old Tetris cartridge had two modes. There was mode A and mode B and mode B I think was this mode that was endless. I could have them backwards. It's been a long time. Mode B was the one that was endless, but there actually was a mode A where once you cleared, I think it was a hundred lines, you beat it. You actually did beat the game. So Tetris was never unbeatable. It's just this particular endless mode. So there, there, there is a way to beat 8-bit Tetris on the NES. It's, you might remember, you get that screen at the end that shows, I think the original NES version showed like the Russian iconic architecture and things like that on the screen. And the more levels, the higher level you started on, the more of it you would see. Because um, I remember there's actually, everybody talks about Tetris on the NES. There was a, I think it was on the Advance or maybe the DS. I think it was Tetris DS. It's actually really freaking good. Tetris DS is like, I would say is better than the NES version, but I understand why people go back to the NES version. Tetris DS is awesome. It has a similar, but it's all Nintendo characters that show up on that screen uh, at, that, at that end thing. So anyway, yeah, Dark Tetsuya says the Russian dancers were the Tengen version. Yeah, I, there, there was a similar version like that. And like a lot of the computer versions had the same thing. Again, not to minimize the awesome accomplishment of this kid, I just think maybe the lingo that is being used may actually not really reflect what he did in this. He he bested the programming structure of Tetris. That is still a huge accomplishment. Anyway, sorry, Loki, but I just, that was one of those weird things where I was like, I don't, I, I think when they say he beat Tetris, it's not really the right words. But anyway. Yeah. Because- in that game as you could possibly get exactly exactly you, you there is nothing there's literally nothing else you can do with tetris and keep in mind what that game came out what 88 89 it has been was that that late i want to say it was later 80 well the nes itself yeah it was a, it was because uh it tetris nes didn't really come out to the game boy version had come out and the game boy was around like 89 i want to say so somebody in chat can fact check me on it. That's fine. But it, 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 even it, whether it's 89 or 86, my point still stands. And that is nobody until now, 2024, has ever bested Tetris. Yet, Yes, a robot did it, but we, we certainly recognize no human has ever done this until now. And now a 13-year-old kid did this. That's amazing. I mean, what an accomplishment for that kid to have done this. So I know. And so, you know, to celebrate it, we should just tell them that they're all their choices in life are wrong and that they should okay. go outside because, so, you know, that that's what you people. do as a professional you know, uh, news program is you just like, let me tell you my outdated thoughts, please. Let me share those with my entire audience. So those of you that follow gaming on social media, I'm sure know exactly what Loki is referencing. If you don't, and I don't blame you, what he's referencing is that there was a Sky News report where the anchor woman made kind of an offhanded comment at the end about, uh, I, I, 
I don't really want to get this quote wrong, but I'm going to paraphrase it as the end. He said, maybe he should go outside or something like that. And a lot of people. No, I thought it was like something worse than that. But like, yeah, I don't know. Um, like that. I'll have to find, maybe I'll find the clip or something and, and play it here just so I can, I can, uh, 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 report on it accurately, I suppose. But a lot of people are taking very, very, very negatively to this clip because, and I, I don't, I don't, I understand why, um, they're very upset because I think a lot of us see ourselves in that kid kind of, uh, at the end there. And, um, you know, this is like the same shit that like our parents would tell us or bullies would tell us that basically like video games are not a legitimate hobby. And so people are saying very nasty things about this woman on social media, which I don't think helps anything. It really doesn't. To call her the C word on social media really just plays into what everybody says. It's it's not cool. Um, But people have a very knee jerk reaction to this stuff. It's, It's a very like we're sick and tired of being bullied. And I think, or it's that same thing where like the academic decathlon kid, this was the thing at my school in high school, the academic decathlon kids were winning fucking championships and were never being praised by the student body, the way the football team, which couldn't win a fucking game to save their life was consistently. And I think a lot of us now are becoming of that age where we recognize like, this is just a lot of bullshit. So to hear somebody say this, just really sucked. Anyway, I did find the clip, so I'm going to play this. And just to clear ourselves, yeah. I am playing a clip here from Sky News for the purposes of commentary and all that good stuff. And sorry to my co host, they won't hear it. I would just say step away from the screen, go outside, get some fresh air. Beating Tetris is not a life goal. Step aside, get some fresh air. Beating Tetris is not a life goal. <laughs> yeah well, you read stuff off of a I teleprompter you know does that te- life goal of yours to read words off a teleprompter i don't think we should be telling anybody what their life goal ought to be exactly I don't, and i just you know te- tetris again a 13 year old did something on an intellectual level no human being has done in 35 ish years isn't that newsworthy i think so and she says she's a mother so feel sorry for her kids clearly that makes her opinion more important then of course yeah but can you imagine like hey mom i I did this really great thing yeah well you know why don't you try becoming a doctor or something you know something that the world actually appreciates because what your accomplishment is just not anyway so I'm I'm not going to give in to the people the mentality people expect from gamers and call her names. All I'm going to say is that was a very disappointing reaction and as a mother, you should know better than to say that about a child when the entire country is watching you. Uh, it's just That's disgusting. That's how I feel. Anyway. She's a bully, nothing more. Yeah. Yeah, I, that comment was very anyway, but I don't that's OK. So I'm just going to say that happened. I don't want that to deflect from the accomplishments of what this kid did, because now, you know, now that we know this is possible and, you know, there's it's we knew that there was a, a, a assisted speed run and stuff. I wonder how many people are going to try to emulate this now and, and also try to get the kill screen, because that became all the rage once somebody finally did it on Pac-Man, get the 256 board was that now everybody wanted to get the 256 board and uh, crash the game. So it'd be interesting to see how many other people try to kill using my quotey fingers in the game sense tetris um 
in the in the coming weeks and months and year. Be interesting. So, um, yeah, Fifth Dream is now asking: Is it possible to do that faster? That's a really good question. Um, I don't think so. I. I, it, it, you would be talking like milliseconds. Well, I want to say there was something about he made a he actually made a boo boo because as Loki was saying, you have to get a certain combination of lines in order to overflow the memory. You actually don't want to always get Tetris's. There's actually a point where you want to get a single. And I believe when you're supposed to do that, he actually missed it and got a triple. So he did have to go longer. So can he actually do it faster? Yes. So that's the, I guess now that's the thing. So, but, or, yeah. or is it like, you know, I mean, I'm sure like with speed running, there's different categories. Is there like how long you can stay, you know, playing that mode or something like that. Mm. So like tr- the goal is trying to avoid all those oh, crash points. Type yeah, of okay, thing. okay. You know, eh. Interesting. Not my scene, but like, that's cool though. No, and it is cool. Speaking of scenes, you know, for all the negative gamer energy I've been talking about, which we've been seeing firsthand as a result of that reporting, let's talk about the positive gamer gamer energy of the way the Tetris community has really uplifted that kid, you know, and there were many people that were watching him do that accomplishment, giving him kudos for it. You know, it's the, the equivalent of shaking the hand and saying good game at the end of the match and really, you know, uplifting this person's accomplishment, which I think is is great. Um, she Hulk 10 talks about this too. Yes. I had heard that now some of the good things that the media did in reporting this, we, again, we talked about negative, but one of the good things here. So she Hulk, uh, copy pasted something 13 year old meets Tetris creator after beating original game was almost too much for Willis. The kid that did this, who struggled to find the words when Alexei Pajnatov or sorry, Pajitnov the creator of the game we know today and Hank Rogers, the company founder and chairman surprised him in a zoom interview with NBC news. So the NBC actually got uh, the creator of Tetris, Alexei um, Pajitnov to actually meet this kid. And that's, that's pretty rad. Like that's a, that's a really cool thing that they did there. You know, meet, meet your heroes kind of thing. Right. Like being able to meet the creator and what an honor for Alexei too to be able to meet this kid 35 years after the fact now keep in mind he didn't do i mean the he NES lives in version. seattle it's not like he, they brought him out of russia <laughs> well yeah well but still you know they they yeah. they made the connection happen right so oh. um yeah but like and, and he didn't actually program the nes version of the game either but still you know like what a cool thing for him to get to meet this kid that is is finding new things in this scene that he did found all of those years ago well, I mean, so cool. it's certainly still more pop culture ref- um, relevant nowadays because we well, just had the Tetris had the movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, I don't know. I think it's cool. I, I, I wish that that mother would r- think about, you know, hey, would I rather, like, encourage a child to do, you know, like, acknowledge their greatness and, you know, give them kudos. Like, obviously, as a parent, you would know that just because they accomplish something now doesn't mean that that's going to be their just career, like that they're going to play Tetris forever. And so what if it is, you know, but once again, it's like, do you really think that like, that's going to influence them so much that they're just going to drop everything? Like, no, it's just, they will be interested. You support them in whatever they're interested in, whenever they're interested in it. I don't understand why, what purpose you would have. Like, 
no, you should really reconsider your career path. It's not a career path. It's just something that they did. Like, and he's thirteen. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just dumb. Well, and SJ she was trying to make a joke. Yeah, yeah. It, but it's 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 not. It's it's an old entire joke funny. that's been like made for decades that's, now. Like, that's it. That's it. And I think you know if there's something about this whole thing, we can kind of you know ask the media or demand the media on the mass scale learn from this that is that you know what video games are art they're a legitimate entertainment medium and for some there's a lot of people that see it as an intellectual sport at this type so we demand sky news nbc abc cbs that you report on these with the same weight that you would report on similar types of medium and sports basically, or, you know, movies or what have you, you should. And yes, there's always going to be room for lighthearted commentary. You know, there's not every movie is serious either, but like, as far as accomplishments like this, you should be giving this the same way as if a 13 year old had broken the long jump world record or something like that. It, it deserves that same level of respect. Or, like, if you want to, like, say, well, it's not a physical activity, like chess or something like that. You know, if they he was a chess grandmaster or something like that, you would Some be treating it with a lot more respect. Oh, no, no, no. You know the sports people are still going to go for yeah. that over something like chess. And the whole thing is, is it's a statement on just where priorities are here in this country. People mm-hmm. care more about a game that you could, you know, break your head open over. I was watching just all kinds of the various conditions that come as a result of playing football. Um, And instead, you know, it's also very ableist too, if you think about it, because not everyone can get out and do a physical sport, but a person can get a controller in their hand and have a feat like this, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, and, and to be fair, yes, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but it's beyond this country, too, because Sky News is based in a different country. But yes, well, I know, but <laughs> yeah. in a lot of the Western based countries. Yes, yes. All right. Well, let's move on on a positive note and talk about some of the things that we have been playing this week, whether it was Tetris or something else in a segment that we call How Was Your Gaming Week? And we will start with Dark Sakura. And I guess really it's How Was Your Gaming Weeks? Because we weren't here last week. We did do a show on Christmas Eve, but we did it early. So this is our this is our first time back in our normal slot in about three weeks. So whatever whatever length of time you want to talk about Dark Sakura, how was your gaming time? Hey, gaming week was actually fair. Time was very eventful. Um, of course, I played Dead by Daylight. I played Dreamlight Valley. I played Cult of the Lamb. I tried to stream uh, Baldur's Gate 3, um, and it would crash only while I was streaming. I found that there's something about the cloud saves for Steam that can be a problem, so I might try it again. Um, but basically every time it's failed, I've just played Cult of the Lamb because I have Steam open already. Um, and, uh, I played some Weird Al, you know, pinball. Um, we got Transformers, which I haven't played because I really do not like the movies at all. Um, what else did I play? I played some other stuff. Um, I played some Saturn games, which I'll be getting a little bit into in a bit. Um, and uh when when you raided your your friend rob and i was there mm-hmm. i went in full on tutorial mode on how to play the guardian legend <laughs> <laughs> oh uh chicken stew was streaming that yeah 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 good pal of mine on twitch yeah I'll it was really fun. fun all right and yeah that's 
that's just what it did. I'm really enjoying Baldur's Gate 3, but mm -hmm. I hate that I can't play it with my controller because um, it registers both my controller and keyboard as two separate players. And I can't get it to unrecognize one versus the other, so I just had to play completely on keyboard. All right. Well, we will move on to Loki. How was your gaming week, Loki? I just played Minecraft, so you know it's. I know it's a sh it's shake up from normal, but uh, it is just Minecraft. Uh, this week, I joined a new SMP called Fever Dream, which is a collaborative event put on by MC Collab Station, which is kind of a Discord community of a bunch of different Mon Minecraft uh, content creators. And uh, unlike some of the other events that we were supposed to be in, like MC Rewind, that didn't end up happening, um, they actually have you know the know-how and the organization to be able to put together an event with 100-plus people. So there, there's quite a few people on the server, not all at once, obviously. Um, the server was really struggling that first day, but they did get it finally fleshed out, and it's, it's been working okay. Uh, the premise of this SMP is that it gets stranger as it goes on, and, and it is getting stranger. So every day, there's updates or data packs that are being added in that change things. Um, so the overall terrain is just kind of modded anyways, but there's like, you know, weird graphics or there's strange things that happens. Like, uh, yesterday there was, uh, flower mimics where mobs would just spawn out of flowers and start attacking you for no reason. Or we'd have the dragon fight, which is a bunch of flowers and they kept spawning in killer bunnies from, you know, uh, uh monty python the holy grail so that was fun um just like strange things like that <laughs> so this smp i'm planning on building in a uh, i'm leaning heavily into the youtube algorithm and putting together the cringiest builds possible for like YouTube thumbnails and that type of thing. So the area that I'm building is called the cringe lands and, and some of the more popular memes nowadays are going to make an appearance there. And I've got huge builds already planned. So it's, it's right now it's been grinding this entire week, getting just the basic setup so that I can build giant things like that. So that's what I've been working on this entire week. I also should be editing the other series and stuff as well. Have you tried at all the Fortnite Lego stuff? No, I haven't got a chance to try that yet. It's pretty fun. I've been playing it a little bit. It's it's I I'm not sure you could do like the builds like what you're doing. Well, I don't know. No, it's it's different. But yeah, it's no. very different. But it's it's fun. I like it. Yeah, it would be. I think the stuff that they have in there is more kind of like the Fortnite building, right? Where you build walls and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of like how they had with, um, I think Lego Worlds is like that too. I don't remember too much because I only played that it, for this, a little bit. This plays too. way better than Lego Worlds. Like it's just, it's right. just better done. But anyway, we'll, so yeah. we'll get your opinions on that someday when you've tried it. I'll have to check it out at some point, yeah. 
Uh, let's talk about Mike Gaming Week. So Mike Gaming Week, um, a lot of similar stuff that I've talked about on the show before. Uh, I mentioned earlier, like some things I was uh, doing like Dead by Daylight. A lot of like the outdoor gaming stuff too. Pikmin Bloom. I just hit level 83. It, it maxes out at 100. Maybe I'll get there this year. We'll see. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, Pokemon Go. I did the Rowlet Community Day that was yesterday for a little bit. It was kind of rainy, so I couldn't do it a lot. Um, but I, I've actually been playing more Final Fantasy 14. I actually was taking a break. You might remember I was talking more about World of Warcraft Season of Discovery and Diablo 4, and I was kind of playing some of those games for a few months, but, you know, I, I kind of did everything I wanted to do in the current Diablo season, and same thing with Season of Discovery. Like, I'm still doing alts. Like, I think Shane and I did a stream earlier this week where we were doing new characters, and we're going to do new characters again later this week, by the way. So stay tuned for that. But um, outside of that, I've just been kind of getting back into Final Fantasy 14. And, you know, having taken a couple months off the game, it's been really nice to kind of go back. And, you know, it, it just feels like, oh, yes, it's going back to an old favorite. And, you know, like, oh, yeah, I missed doing this and, and playing stuff. They also, by the way, uh, did a bunch of Final Fantasy 14 announcements this weekend. Uh, yesterday was the... Uh, final fan fest leading up to the release of Dawn Trail, which is going to be out in the summer. They wouldn't give a specific date yet because Yoshi P is paranoid about having to delay the game again, like what happened with Endwalker. So he will not give a date until it's locked in, which in my opinion, good for him. Good for him for sticking to that because I'm sure the folks that be that Square Enix really want him to lock in a date so they can start the marketing and the pre-orders, but he won't do it till he's got he knows it's done. But they announced that the new um class, so there's gonna be two new classes in Dawn Trail. There's Viper, which is kind of an original. It's not really based on anything in prior. But this other one is a deep cut. It's a Pictomancer, I think it's is it Pictomancer or Picto Picto Knight? I can't remember. It's Picto something. It's realm gonna be using drawings. Yeah, it's realm from Final Fantasy VI. Yes, they will be using drawings. I love it. It actually, you should look up the video, uh, Dark Sakura, of the job at action. Actually paints like Moogles. It doesn't play, they said it doesn't play exactly like Realm because it doesn't just draw monsters, but the character will draw like scenery and they, and that's how, that's what they use to attack. It looks really cool. It looks very like Splatoon-esque, um, hmm. but it's kind of neat. I really, I really liked it. So um, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the expansion. My only like complaint is that this is very formulaic. The Final Fantasy XIV expansions, patch cycle, everything is so formulaic. Like, uh, level cap goes up by 10. There's going to be six zones. There's going to be one eight-man raid and one 24-man raid. There's going to be, uh, you know, it's, and it's, I could probably even tell you what the item levels will be. It's starting to get that predictable. I just, I would love to see them shake up the formula just a little bit. I would love for them to yank the mythic dungeon concept from uh, World of Warcraft, which is basically instead of scaling you down to do old dungeons with friends, scale the old dungeons up to make them, you know, because there's so many awesome old dungeons that people haven't played in a long time because they're not relevant. So um, I would love to see that. But the most interesting feature they were talking about was the brand new uh, casual mode, which was I think cosmic exploration is what they called it. Um, and that looked really cool because it looked like the island sanctuary, but on different planets. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see that. That could be very interesting. But anyway, yes. So I've I've gone back to Final Fantasy 14, and I know we weren't talking about the um, updates anywhere else in the show. So I just want to mention that. So the other thing that I've been playing this week, I got a Christmas gift from Alan. Um, and what I got, and it was on my list. I'd asked for it. 
I put a few things down. So he had the choice because you might remember I said, Loki, I put the um, oh, my God. Why is that? the the machine with the crank that you got? God damn it. Play date. Thank you. The play date. The play date was on my list, but I got this. I'm reaching down to grab the smooshed box, but I can show you what it looks like. It's an Evercade. It's a retro uh, yeah, game console. Cool. Yep. And it actually uses cartridges. And there's actually two consoles. Actually, you can see it in the back. There's actually two cartridge slots in this thing. So you yeah. put two cartridges in there, and then it kind of just shows you like a mishmash of those different cartridges and the games uh, that are in it. So it comes with a Technos collection and a Data East collection. So yes... I get to have burger time all over again, but they put some deep fucking cuts in these. And that's what I actually like about Evercade is that, yeah, there's a couple big games, but they put some deep fucking cuts in these. Like, and I was playing, what was it? Was it gate wizard fire? I was playing wizard fire, which I had never played before, but it's like a, um, like a 2d, I don't want to say like Knights of the round, maybe, maybe a little more like golden axe, but souped up a little bit. I was playing a little bit of that this week. So that was really cool. So there's this. And I also got this cartridge. Alan also said, well, I can't just buy you the system and only let you have the pack in cartridges. So does he know me or what? He bought me the C64 collection cartridge, which mm-hmm. uh, apparently nice. is the first of three volumes of the C64 collection. But this has, okay, so this has games you would know. Summer Games, Jumpman, Winter Games, Alley Cat, Impossible Mission, Gateway to Afashi, which, yes, I know that game. But then it starts to get into some deep cuts like Idris, Alpha, Stormlord, Lee, Movie Monster Game. Actually, uh, that was a pretty big one. Marauder. So it gets, it, I, I, that's what I kind of like about this thing is that it has some deep cuts. I did have some problems setting this system up to begin with. But I got through it. What happened was it was having a hard time seeing my Wi-Fi and I couldn't get it to connect to the um, Internet to see it. And like it would not see my router or anything. I had to do a hard system reset by using the flash button on the back of the console, basically like putting the pin in there and hitting, and that fixed it. So just in case you get an Evercade, if it has problems out the box. There you go. SG owner Matt says, yeah, those Evercades are looking more and more like a solid deal. Well, the cool thing is they also make a handheld. But yeah, the handheld looks cool. What's, and the cartridges will work in the handheld. But what's interesting about the handhelds, and because uh, um, Alan was looking into this, he's like, they don't make a cartridge for the Capcom games. If you want to get the Capcom games, you have to buy the handheld that has them baked in, which I thought was interesting. Um, so because you, they, they, they won't let them put them on a cartridge, but they will let them bake them into the system, which I thought was interesting. Bobby Blackwell says, yeah, the C64 collections are basically the games in the C64 mini and maxi. Yeah. I noticed that too, that there was a lot of overlap, but I still think it's cool. I love that. It's, I love that it is a tangible cartridge that has these things in it, which sadly it's not in there right now. Cause I put it in my machine, but it even comes with, check this out. Dark Sakura, Dark Sakura, a a little puzzle sheet that lets you, you actually put in. So if you notice, it actually says gribbly gobbly. If you put in that code, you unlock a bonus game and it does some, it it does some interesting things too. Apparently if you get volume two of C64 and you put volume one and two in at the same time, you get a bonus game. So it does interesting, cute things like that. But also look at this, an actual fucking manual. 
that actually, and I love how this is put together. It actually shows the game, tells you a little bit about it, shows like a screenshot of what it looks like. Even a game like Impossible Mission, it does its very best to explain what the fuck is going on with the puzzle pieces at the bottom <laughs> and all that stuff. Like, honest to Hell God, yeah, manuals. like even if like paying 30 bucks for a cartridge sounds like a lot, these manuals almost make it worth it. It's like, it, they're, they're little books, Star Soccer. They're little books. <laughs> i'm down i love it i'd love to see it so yeah props to evercade even if you pissed me off for about five minutes until i figured out how to fix you i'm enjoying you as a machine now and dark soccer i fucking thought of you is it on the box does it talk about the expansions on the box expansions well the cartridges the other cartridges that you can buy there's things like the jellico collection the intellivision collection there's an indie heroes collection Loki, multiple what? indie heroes YYR games if you're out there listening well i'm just telling you right now the, those indie heroes many of them are nest maker games loki. i'm telling you i'm like loki. i'm like hey loki my stuff on the cartridge loki 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 get on it you have to get pixel poops on one of these things or like a free game that's in there or something i don't know but anyway wait i don't want to misstate anything so i'm pretty sure cartridges list I'm trying to bring up the list of, oh, yes. Okay, here it is. So they actually have, they, thank you to the kind people at Wikipedia that do the work for me. But I did <laughs> notice uh, as I was going, some of these they don't make anymore. Like the Namco Museum collections, you can't get actually. Now, well, you can get them, but you get them from jacked up prices. But I'm almost positive. That's right. Toa Plan Arcade 1 and Toa Plan Arcade what? 2. That was the one where I was like, oh, Oh, Dark Soccer and I need to have a talk because like all the Truxton we can stand. That's Truxton is in number one. Tiger Healy Zero Wing. That's right. Is in there. Twin Cobra in volume two. So yeah, when I saw that there were Toa plant cartridges, I was like, oh, Dark Soccer and I have to have a talk. (laughs) I may I may require this device. (laughs) Yeah, I I think Indie Heroes is most. I think that's all Nest Maker games, in fact. Because um, I know, like, on this list, um, maybe not all Nest Maker games, because these aren't all Nest games. Doodle World, Flea, um, Cubo 3, if, if pretty the, sure Ploy. If the powers yeah. that be, by some fucking miracle at Evercade, are listening to this little show, which I doubt is the case, please contact us. Participate at orangeloungeradio.com. Please. Anyway, we are enjoyable and full of ideas. That's that's well, and we have a game we'd like you to put. I say we; it's really Loki's game. But we, but Dark Soccer and I are going to be the shills for it. So <laughs> we have a game we'd like you to put on your next collection, or Do even as, even as a freebie. Uh, so it cheap, yeah, exactly. <laughs> very 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 cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, I thought uh, SJ one hundred Matt says. So the obvious question: When are you or are you able to stream playing this? Please look forward to it. Yes, I am able. It's a simple HDMI cable. Oh, that's the thing I got to warn y'all. That was the one downside to this Evercade. Even though it was there on Amazon, I do want to warn you all. It does not come with an HDMI cable. But thankfully, like I have I have one that I pass around to stream. I have one, It goes to the PS5, then I move it to the Switch, and now I move it to the Evercade to stream it. It also does not come with an AC adapter. Yeah, that's pretty typical what? nowadays. Yeah, so you have to get the USB... It's because it has a USB plug and you put it in there. That's 
how you have to. So just just read that part carefully. If you do look at investing in one of these, you need to have those cables, or you're going to get be in for a nasty surprise. So that's my one little thing. Oh, interesting. Bobby Blackwolf points out the the Atari Twenty Six Hundred Plus is the same way. Wow. All right. Yeah. That's just silly, though. It's for the that's environment. Weird. Sure, but mm-hmm. it's really just to save a buck. Yeah, well, and then is. when I buy all those AC adapters and keep losing them, then yeah, I'm really saving the environment. All right, anyway, uh, that was. I, I just want to talk about that, and and uh, yeah, yeah, I I do want to buy some more of those cartridges for sure. I'm kind of bummed they don't make the Namco ones anymore because those are the ones I have my eye on. I might, I might pay the premium and get them anyway. I'd rather get them now before these things are like completely out of print, and then it's a wild cost. So we'll see, we'll see. Anyway. Um, that's it for my game of the week. Let's talk about what else is going on in the news. Programming update. I mentioned earlier, Bobby Blackwolf will not be here next week. We will. So please uh, still be here next week at nine o'clock Eastern. Maybe if I bat my eyelashes kindly, uh, Bobby Blackwolf will send us some footage. Although I think he actually gets to games done quick that day. So I can't, uh, guarantee we're going to get something like that. Cause he may not have the time to put it together, but, um, pl- we'll be here next week. Our next show that we will have off, and I don't know if Dark Soccer and um, Loki remember this, we will not be here February 25th. So we'll be here pretty much every week, but February 25th, I am on the Star Trek cruise again this year. So I'll be in the middle of the ocean. Or is that the day we're actually, let's see, it leaves here, one, two. No, that is the day that I'm going to be in Curacao. So... I will um, not be thinking of this program because I will be in the Caribbean sipping a very froofy homosexual drink out of a pineapple or whatever I could find or a coconut. Um, so uh, that's that's my uh, that's my plan is the cruise. And I, wh- because of Star Trek cruise while I'm doing this. So, you know, drink in one hand, mm-hmm. live long and prosper in the other. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> see how it is your real priorities are yeah, mm-hmm. yes my real priority is meeting lavar burton and any of you hoes would do that exact same thing if you had the opportunity <laughs> and yes we are getting well, we are getting a, a meet and greet with lavar burton or a photo with lavar burton so i'm very excited about that i wonder if if todd's at this one this year he is they just announced him uh a few weeks ago he is going cool. back this year so he's such a cool guy. Yeah. I Todd Stashwick, for those who don't know, he played he played um God, what was his character's name in Picard? The no guy. <laughs> the the Shaw. Shaw, that was it. Uh, Shaw. Shaw. That's what I've been saying. Shaw. Um but yeah, he's the uh the or the no guy. Um anyway. But yeah, no, they have a lot of great guests this year. So um but the big the big the big land is uh Soniqua Martin Green uh is their captain this year. Uh huge, huge upgrade from Shatner. Uh, so Nico Martin Green, of course, uh, from Discovery. So, uh, a, a new, which unfortunately they're not making any more Discovery. So they have her. They have Doug Jones again is going back. So they have a lot of cool Discovery people. I love people. Doug Jones as Saru. Yes, he's great, and he's he's the nicest guy in person. He was just walking because the thing about the the thing about celebrities on cruises, some of them will stay in their room and never leave. And just hang with their families in that, you know, secure part of the ship, Shatner. Some of them go mm-hmm. out and mingle with everybody else and have drinks. And I, I th- and this is the wild thing. So, like, imagine this couch behind me. And for those on the podcast feed, I have a couch behind me when we do the show live. Imagine I'm sitting here having a drink. On this couch right there behind me, also having a drink, John Delancey and Robert Picardo. Just sitting right behind me having a drink. John Delancey, of course, Q 
uh, Robert Picardo, the holographic doctor uh, emergency program from Voyager. So like that's that's the runnage you have of people. And Doug Jones actually was just walking around giving out hugs. And when he gives hugs, he uses his big alien arms to like wrap around your entire head. And I was like, he's very generous because like some of these people are a little strange. So he's very he's very full of love to be doing something like that. So, um, but yeah, I'm a fan. Anyway, all right, enough about. And I bet me. he he naturally just moves so gracefully. Yes, he really does. He really does. Anyway. All right, let's talk about gaming news. Let's get into it. Oh, God, I'm sick of this one already, Loki. But we have to talk about it because it's impacting all the industries. But let's get to it. Of course. So, yes, because we're in the year of 2024, um, due to copyrights, Steamboat Willie has made it into the public domain. But that doesn't mean that, like, oh, hey, cool, I'm going to put Mickey Mouse in whatever I want now. No, no, that is just Steamboat Willie. And so what did we get out of that? The lowest bottom of the barrel trash uh, horror <laughs> genre things. So we of course have immediately a horror movie based off of this whole thing um, called uh, Mickey's Mouse Trap. It's just it, it's about it, it looks not good. It's the <laughs> um, equivalent of that Winnie the Pooh thing from last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, basically. And then there's also a game now called Infestation Origins, uh, previously called Infestation 88, but 88 kind of ties into Nazis, so they decided to change the name because that's probably not a good thing. Um, so now it is also just a uh, survival game with some you know Steamboat Willie-looking thing chasing you down. Cool? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It, it's more of like you knew this was going to happen with some of the stuff. And then people have been like reacting to like Steamboat Willie and stuff. But once again, it's Disney. Disney's not going to be like, Oh, you guys win. You get Mickey mouse now. God, no, they, they own the trademark yeah. for that stuff. They own. That's why Mickey mouse has been like redesigned so many other times. Mm -hmm. Like it, they are not letting their cash cow mouse um, go because of mere copyright law. <laughs> Please. Like as if Disney is going to, adhere to copyright law well and then they change copyright law an interesting thing i saw is that and this is also we're talking about u.s copyright law because actually if you just take steamboat willie and you post it on youtube you're still going to get blocked in like six or seven different countries because the copyright laws in some other countries like i think chile is one of them are actually more stringent and more favor the copyright holders for longer and if you don't think disney's going to flex that muscle ha and so I and I was talking about this a little bit with Bobby on his show a minute uh, a, a little while ago, but um, I think because I'm already sick of hearing about this, like every and I feel like people are just doing this because they can. Which yes, it's part yeah. of that, but I also feel like people because they know Disney's lawyers are infamously the most litigious bunch, almost in the entire country. I think people love to be able to needle and poke, and they want to push the envelope just as far as they can go with this whole thing without getting sued. But as far as I'm concerned, y'all other people that are jumping on this with your horror movies and your video games, have fun pushing that envelope and seeing how far you can get because the minute you cross the line, heaven help you with Disney's legal squad. Heaven oh, yeah. help you. 
And I would suggest instead of purchasing Infestation Origins or whatever trash that is, um, one of the other things they did bring up in the article here is talking about Fumi Games' new FPS game, Mouse, which, unlike ripping off Steamboat Willie, basically does what uh, kind of um, Cuphead did with that genre of cartoon, adapted the style of it and made it its own thing. And so now they have an FPS game that's kind of done in that animation style, all black and white, and it looks pretty awesome. So Mouse is the one to go check out. This other one, just like, it'll come out, it'll be trash, and that'll be that. Like, and everybody will forget about it like they forgot about the Winnie the Pooh movie. Yeah, the the fact that we're all sick of these derivative reboots in Hollywood, don't forget that also applies to Steamboat Willie. Just be, just because it's in the public domain doesn't change the fact that we're sick of seeing the same thing over and over in media. You know, right? How how do we all feel about the Mean Girls movie that's coming out? Like, I think there's there's what? a lot of people. Oh, yeah. What are they a, doing? They, oh, they're redoing it. Well, here, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. They're completely... And utterly hiding the fact, and I don't know why, they are completely and utterly hiding the fact it's a musical. In all of the what? marketing, all of the trailers, they're hiding the fact it's a musical. This, what, the reason why Mean Girls is being done again, it's the exa- literally the exact same thing that happened to Hairspray. John Waters made Hairspray in 88. It became a Broadway musical. Now they're making a movie out of the musical. There was a Mean Girls musical on Broadway and off. Uh, uh, I know there was a musical yeah. on Broadway. But... This, is, this is the movie adaptation of that. None of the marketing makes that apparent whatsoever, unless you're looking for it. You will notice in some quick shots, you can be like, they're doing like a coordinated dance or they're doing. Yeah, it's a fucking musical. But there's so many people that are like, we don't need another Mean Girls. We've all, we have the original Mean Girls. It's still a good movie. We don't need another one. It's just it's the same thing with Steamboat Willie. Now, a Steamboat Willie musical, on the other hand. Oh, and DJ S, of course, the most obvious answer literally sitting in front of my face. The color purple, literally the exact same thing happening right now. Again, was a movie in the 80s, goes to Broadway, and now is a, a movie with the same Broadway star, Fantasia from American Idol. It's Yes, literally that. So, you know. Anyway. I mean, that movie is a lot older than Mean Girls. That is true. That movie has about 20 years on Mean Girls, but still. And you know. it's got a lot of music in the movie already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to tell you how many times I saw The Color Purple growing up because my <laughs> mother would watch it every freaking time it came on HBO. Oh, yeah. My mom loved that movie, too. I, I ended up watching it a lot as a result, too. So, yeah. Um, uh, what was? Oh, yeah. And, and by the way, in my universe, Wicked is only ever a book. Well, but the thing about Wicked is that it was never, well, I guess some would say it was the Wizard of Oz. Well, it's a different story. It was, it, yep. Writing, derivative writing is is normal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that well, that happens. But I mean, And the, the Oz books is, went in the public domain some time ago. <laughs> oh, God. They've been in the public domain for well, ages. And we, um, had, we had a crappy Disney movie a few years ago as a result of that. Oh, actually, wasn't re- you, which which one? Well, there was, was a few ret- years ago. not Return to Oz. That was I think that the was first. great. That was that was dark, yeah. but it was good. It f- fucked us all. But there was one in about 2006 with like oh, Leon Oz the Great and, and Powerful. Uh, that's it. Oz the Great and Powerful. Yeah. That's the one. They that okay. didn't work. They were hoping to reboot the franchise and do like a multi movie franchise with that, but it just didn't work out because. I don't Nobody know. Nobody was asking for it. Well, I mean, because people, it was all right. people still this watch is my the thing, original though. Wizard of Oz. People like these freaking musicals. 
it's a thing now. Yeah. You know? And if as long as there's a market for it, they're going to put it out. We have the choice not to watch it. Mm-hmm. And it's as simple as that. I'm, I'm right now for some of that. I'm just sort of in the camp of don't piss in other people's cornflakes. Yeah. You know, if they're not hurting anybody and they're not shoving it down my throat and they're enjoying it, let them enjoy it. Yeah, I actually kind of... As long as it's not profiting like Nazis or something. I actually kind of wish they would adapt the Jagged Little Pill musical into a movie. I think it... I, I I don't know how they do it without cutting some serious corners because it is about three hours worth of musical, but um, I, I hope they make it a movie. I really do. How um, long was Avatar The Way of Water? Yeah, Rob? that's true. That's true. You can make a three-hour musical. There's, I mean, look at the sound of music. There's nothing wrong with that, but, you know, usually they don't. So. I mean, look at Dune. <laughs> the original <laughs> well, version of Dune. Okay. But what I don't want is a part one and a part two, which, by the way, is what they're doing with Wicked. But I'll see. I, I, will, see, I will see that Wicked movie. long. I, I will see those Wicked movies because number one, Ariana Grande. Number two, Michelle Yeoh. Like, number three, that fucking finest fuck guy that voices Grahatia. Um, what's it? Jonathan Bailey. They're all mm. in that movie. I, w- I, will, I will be seated for the Wicked movie, and I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to well, hear it. Well, maybe I have to see it because Ariana Grande's in it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. I, I want to know what, what her hair is made out of. I understand that people may be upset it's Ariana Grande, not Kristen Chenoweth, but it it has been 20 years, so they had to recast some things. Hopefully, Kristen still has a cameo in it somewhere. You so, know what? We'll I'm 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 fan of three little words, Rob. Hmm. Deal with it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Sony's going to have to deal with this. Uh, There was some information that was inadvertently leaked, uh, cluing us all in that there is a Horizon, as in Horizon Zero Dawn, Horizon Forbidden West. There is a Horizon MMORPG that is confirmed to be in development, basically, because a job listing got posted. Um, uh, So a video game researcher posted on Twitter uh, uh, earlier this week to detail the things that they knew about the game. Uh, It is an MMORPG, to be precise, which also is in line with the fact that we know that Sony is trying to create a series like, what was it, six games, you know, for the PS5 that are going to be, you know, games as a service type of thing. So this would fall in line with that whole thing, too. Um, The game is now essentially confirmed to be in development. It's developed under the codename Project Skyline, with the initial codename being Project H. And uh, NCSoft registered a domain for what appears to be a game titled Land of Salvation. Land of Salvation could maybe be the title for the Horizon MMO. This assumption is based on the fact it's the only unannounced game we know of that could be revealed soon. Of course, it could be some other project that we're not aware of. And then there was a job listing for something called Project Skyline for PS5 that kind of ties into this as well. Also, by the way, NCSoft is the company behind this, and we know that Sony and NCSoft announced a strategic partnership some time ago that aims to expand beyond console and broaden PlayStation's reach to a wider audience. So it seems almost certain that Horizon would be like a PlayStation 5 and PC kind of game, like Final Fantasy XIV, or maybe PS5 and mobile. I don't, I don't that that would be a little bit of a turnoff for me, um, but we'll see. So a Horizon MMO, it's almost certainly happening. It's just a matter of when we find out officially with the trailer 
and the release date of like 2028 or whenever this thing will actually be done because these games take a very long time to make. So until we wait for games like Horizon, the MMO, we will have to stick to the classics, right, Dark Sakura? Of course. Mm-hmm. And I have a good classic to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's hard to hard for me to think of this as a classic because I have, but I do have so many good memories about it. It it was a game that was put in my hands and I was told to beat if I expected to stay in this apartment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but of course I am talking about uh, the game known as, we saw it as Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Um, but uh, the, uh, the Japanese version was a direct uh, sequel to Dracula X on PC Engine. And it was called Dracula X Nocturne in the Moonlight. Um, it it had problems. The sat there, there was well, I'll take that back. The PlayStation version was great. It was it was about as perfect of a game as you could get. But we knew that there were things cut from it. You know, like there's that whole scene where you can get the trap door in the courtyard to open with a little bit of trickery, and then it just goes down to a safe space. But it looked like there was something else meant to be there. And of course, when the Saturn version came out, it did restore uh, those areas that um, that were missing from uh, from the game, like the underground uh, garden, and uh, you know. And there were also uh, the ability to play as Maria and Richter, Richter Belmont. They gave him his outfit from the cutscenes, but. A lot of people weren't satisfied with it. I mean, I, I we we played the shit out of it, but we we did do a side by side comparison, and you know, with both Japanese versions, and found that you know there were transparencies missing. You know, the Saturn that is a much better two D machine wasn't doing the two D to its best capability. Um, and of course, I could only understand about twenty five percent of what people were saying. Um, so now there is a full translated version of Dracula X Nocturne in the Moonlight into English using the PSP version as its template. And uh, it reduces the load times, has bug fixes, and lets you use the Saturns for uh, for megabyte cartridge, RAM cartridge. Um, it restored as many of the transparency effects as were possible. Um, resized some of the sprites to match the PlayStation version. Um, you have direct access to the global map, the finalized global map. Um, it restored, uh, yeah, it removed some horizontal lines. You can skip videos and dialogues. Um, of course, they fixed, uh, you have Richter's uh, alternate costume. Um, they fixed some bugs, and there's a hard mode. So, uh, I was rather uh, interested when I, because I I've gotten it to work on my. Uh, I'll say I'll say it right now. I have it on an emulator, but I'm allowed to play it on the emulator because I own both. Uh, I own both the English and Japanese PlayStation versions, and I own the the Japanese, uh, of course, Saturn version. So I started playing it in about forty five minutes ago. <laughs> Because I finally was able to get it to work. And yeah, I started right off with Maria. The menus were in English. And I'm like, heck yeah. Even, you know, has the specific tracks uh, for whoever you decide is your uh, your intro character. I 
absolutely suggest remapping the buttons. Um, but yeah, it it plays great. It looks great. It sounds great. The uh, uh, I mean, if I didn't know better, I would have said I was playing the PlayStation version. Um, it and it really did load very quickly. But I have to say, I had a ping of of nostalgia the moment I saw the Konami logo uh, walking out. Dun, 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 <laughs> I remember that. Oh man, yeah, I haven't um, played Symphony of the Night in years. I really need to. I actually, I got a random PlayStation collection that had that, and I want to say it was Dracula. Yeah, the game was there before was... that. There was like a combo collection uh, that I got on PlayStation. I never did beat Symphony of the Night. I need to go back and do that. On PlayStation, they did the PSP one, and then they've released it since then. I think on other things, I th- like, yeah, I, maybe I downloadable. I think that PSP version is now on PlayStation Four or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Um and I know that you can play um the remastered Dracula X and the original Dracula X which is really great. Um Dracula X was a great game. In in my mind it's one of the the last really traditional Castlevania games. Mm-hmm. Um but but yeah, um I I just remember being so excited about the Saturn version and being able to play as Maria. Yeah. And, and I will tell cool you too. this right now, Maria is just as damn OP as she was in Dracula X. <laughs> Maria, it like all of her magic is actually related back to her animal friend attacks. Like the the she has the turtle for Genbu, the the turtle god. Um, I mean, hey, and you really know these if you watch Fushigi Yugi, just saying. Um, you have uh, Byako for the uh, the tiger attack. You have Seiryu for a dragon attack. And um, you know what's so funny? Those are Suzaku also... for the phoenix attack. Sorry. Suzaku, Seiryu, Byako. Those are all fights in Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood expansion content. Those are all yeah. like new new primals. Yeah, it's funny. But but they're also you I know. know I know mythical just, beings. I know it's just it's, you. you my, I guess more. Of my point was they get reused in video game media. Yeah. Oh, anime, video games, you name it. They're a major part of a part of things, and you'll even see. You know, sometimes it sneaks over into American stuff too. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, this is. Um, and I will go ahead and say this: if anyone is looking for this, uh, it's available through Internet Archive right now. But um, talk to me. <laughs> All right. We will. I'm not saying anything about what I'm going to do. I'll just, you know, jaw on it with you. But talk to me. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Loki. All right. Uh, so Sony has been fined by the France uh, regulatory government body that's uh, basically regulates competition there. I'm not going to try to pronounce that French name. Not one bit. Uh, and they have been fined a... Th- 13.5 million euros um, for tech- deploying technical countermeasures which affect the proper functionality of third-party video game controllers. Essentially, what they did is they basically blocked third-party controllers from working on the PlayStation 5. Um, or I guess this is uh, PlayStation 4 compatible uh, controllers they're talking about now. So, um, yeah, that sounds like, you know... Now, I know Microsoft, we just talked about them a few weeks ago doing something similar. Uh, I'm curious to see if this type of ruling comes down to them as well. But uh, basically, 
you know, along with deploying the counter technical countermeasures, they said that uh, those measures were disproportionate in the fact that they were f- affecting all unlicensed controllers indiscriminately. So Sony wasn't like saying, hey, we approve this one, we don't approve this one, you know, that type of thing. Um, so it was saying that because also they were, um, their opaque licensing policy in which several cases pre- uh, prevented rival companies that wanted to market PlayStation 4 compatible controllers from joining its OLP partnership program. Um, so it's like they tried to go the official route. They went the unofficial route and they still got banned for it. Um, so they're like, well, how am I supposed to create peripherals then for the PlayStation 4? Guess you can't because Sony wants to sell those first party controllers. Um, or at least they're going to do so with now fine. I wonder I know. what kind of trickle-down effect this might have on what's going on at Microsoft. Because didn't we just have that story Yeah, uh, we did like two months ago where they were locking it, out third-party controllers? And we even had a call dep- about that. Because remember mm-hmm. our listener that had that really awesome custom controller? They were taking all around uh, EVO and all that stuff? That Right. Was, yeah. It would depend on how they, like, I think if it they would look at the two different um, factors of this. One, how does their prevention of unlicensed products how is that affecting like everything is it affecting some of the unlicensed things or is it all of the unlicensed things um also on top of that how hard is it to get into their um, partnership program to develop third-party controllers now i think the, the scope i don't really know what defense sony did as far as saying, you know, something to the long lines of like what Microsoft was saying, where they're using this to combat people using keyboard mouse on a console versus, you know, a controller, because it gives them an unfair advantage, I guess, in multiplayer games. Um, if it's that, or if it this sounds like on the Sony side that it was to prevent competition, which mm. I think that they you know, like a government body, like say in the United States or something, be more consider considering competition versus, oh, it's unfair for some people, you know, in that space. So we'd have to see. I mean, I, I could see since they won this that, yeah, maybe they will try to do something like this when Microsoft pushes this forward. It, it just depends on how draconian their implementation of it is. If it's just nothing works, then maybe but i think that there are still some approved third party um peripherals out there for the um xbox um series there are so yeah so that may be a harder argument to make interesting okay we'll, we'll see uh meanwhile over at nintendo uh there was an interesting interview with the guardian who did an interview with shigeru miyamoto of course the man behind Mario and many of the Nintendo characters that you love. And, you know, uh, one may notice that Miyamoto is getting older and people are wondering if he is going to retire. So the Guardian just basically straight up asked him, do you have any plans at all to retire? And uh, Miyamoto said he has no plans to retire, but he does say that he thinks about things in a five-year time span. That's an interesting kind of answer. He thinks about things in five-year blocks. And sometimes he thinks about who he can pass things on to in case something happens. Um, so he says he has no you know, plans to retire, but he says more so than retiring, I'm thinking about the day I fall over, 
which he says with a smile. So he's, you know, kind of cracking a morbid joke about he'll probably die still working for Nintendo uh, and saying in this day and age, you have to think about things in a five year time span. So I do think about who I can pass things on to in case something does happen. I'm really thankful that there is so much energy around things that I have worked on. There, the, These are things that have already gone out into the world. They've been cultivated by others. Other people have been raising them, helping them grow. So in that sense, I don't feel too much ownership over them anymore. And, you know, other people have kind of noticed that with Miyamoto, you know, it seems like he's probably spending less time actually in the active development of games and a little more time kind of pushing and being a, a, a face and a brand for Nintendo and expanding Nintendo back into those other things. For example, the movie and the success of this Mario Brothers movie from the last year. You know, Miyamoto did a lot with that partnership and making that Mario movie happen. Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios. Again, who who was there from Nintendo the day that parked open? Miyamoto. You know, he's been very much a face, I think, in expanding Mario and, and Nintendo and stuff into these other areas. And I'm not saying he's not involved with the video games at all, but I think when you look at him say a comment about you put these things out in the world, they're being cultivated by others and so forth, I think you sort of hear that, like, he has entrusted a lot of this game development to his successors internally at Nintendo. And he's serving his characters and his creations in these other ways right now. That's kind of one thing I sort of see there. So, uh, Tiger Claw says, do you think Miyamoto will still be developing games while in his 80s or 90s? It's hard to say, and that's really his choice, not mine. But I would think he'll still have something to say. Like, even if he were to say, retire from Nintendo, people are still going to want to put games in front of him to get his opinion. What do you think about this? What does your brain say? Because... He does that a lot with Nintendo properties as it is. You know, he looks at games and and maybe things go a certain way or they don't. Like, didn't didn't the Star Fox game on GameCube question mark start off as something else? Yeah, wasn't it? Was it Miyamoto that shifted it that way? I don't remember. But sometimes there are games that start as one thing, and you know, it might be that his input it, it kind of shifts somewhere else. But anyway. It's on his schedule. It's for him to determine. So uh, I'm I'm glad to see he still plans to keep working and so forth. Yeah, SJ100 Matt says, I hope he develops games as long as he wants and not told to keep making games by someone. No, I I, I would hope not. I think he could, I think he's free to leave on it's his Miyamoto, own. Miyamoto, it's not wants. Sakurai. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, SSG, Get in there, make us another Smash Brothers. SSJ100 Matt points out Miyazaki never seems to retire either. So, uh, yeah, uh, fifth dream says he even had input on Pokemon. Yes. So, you know, people value the man's opinion greatly, and I don't think that's ever going away. What could be interesting, though, just I'm just going to play silly for a minute. If he were to retire and leave Nintendo, he could give this input to games that were ne- weren't necessarily just Nintendo games. That's true, but you know he's going to be Nintendo from you know life to death. His heart will still be with Nintendo until the very end. Absolutely, His heart will go on. Absolutely. All right, the claws are going to take it out of him and just leave it in the office for all to see. No, they're go- see. Here's what's going to happen: is they're going to save Miyamoto's brain, Iwata's heart. You know, they're they probably have pieces preserved off of um, uh. You've been playing uh, too much name? Castlevania. This is the plot of Simon's Quest you're getting into. <laughs> I was I was thinking more Frankenstein's monster, but yeah. Yeah, I'm with And then we will have Ultimate Nintendo, man. <laughs> I'm with Matt. This turned very dark. 
It is me. I mean, they already have done this. What do you think Reggie fils is? I mean, <laughs> if that's not Frankenstein's monster, I don't know. Oh, yeah, Reggie's that, gonna that, have that linebacker body. That's the that's the body right there. Like they that was their first attempt. Went pretty well, I think. We're ready for version two already. Oh boy. Or actually they'll take Miyamoto and Sakurai and split the brains together and they'll have the adjoined brain and the adjoined heart. They'll have two hearts, like like the doctor. He's gonna have they're gonna be kind of Krogan like inside where there's all these redundant body parts. I'm really so scared to read whatever will... fanfic you're currently writing. Well <laughs> you I'm know, not as... writing any fanfiction right now, I'm writing my novel. As Invader <laughs> Zim says, the more organs, the more human. Yes, I agree with this. All right, I am changing the topic, but I'm changing the topic by saying, please go to our next topic, Dark Sakura. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. SSJ100 Matt has the best line. They have to freeze all of them to battle with the future return of Segata Sanchiro. Segata Sanchiro. <laughs> you, you know you love it. I do. Okay, so um, we're all about accessibility here. I hope we are. We better be. We all need to take people. Of course. <laughs> Dark Tatsu says fun that game. Um, so uh, there are a lot of strides being taken toward better accessibility in games. And um, uh, Harada uh, Katsuhiro has listed some details about Tekken 8's accessibility mode. Um, he has tweeted saying, I have developed and says an accessibility version of Tekken 7, albeit not for sale, several years ago. The studies have been introduced into this version of Tekken 8. And it basically has different um, colorblind accessibility modes. Like, you can play your characters on a uh, on, in black and white, with them being horizontal black and white bars and the other being vertical black and white bars, sort of 2D over 3D. Um, blue and yellow characters over an inverted black and white background. Um, even with different color filters over it to retain the 3D. Um, I'll be perfectly honest, a lot of looking at this is very overstimulating for me personally. Um, because there's so much going on, like... You know, like, the one that's really bugging me the most is, you know, have you ever taken just, like, a like a full-on normal 3D picture and then try to put it into a vector program? Mm -hmm. How it just reduces everything, like, to line vector, and it just does not do a great job. It's just these random squiggly blurs and shapes, right. you know, that vaguely look like stuff. That's what one of them looks like to me, and I'm just like, um, I, I cannot, please, please, brain does not compute. But for but I would imagine for people that need this kind of a visual interface, sorry, um, that for them, you know, this is this is definitely a big step. I mean, people are already saying that, and, and I'm going to be perfectly honest. Of course, the majority of of people um, who deal with color blindness are going to be predominantly. Uh, assigned male at birth i'll say born with that genetic predisposition toward it um but even so i can see how some of this would be good also for people with other conditions too um for example uh people with poor uh eyesight might be able to play with that yellow and blue mode and have 
a better opportunity to see the characters or people with um focus issues hey laura bliss welcome in sorry <laughs> uh i had to say so it's one of one of my streamer friends welcome in um but to go back to what i was talking about um the uh the demo showing this off is it's already there um for playstation 5 xbox series x and pc and bandai namco is releasing the full game on january 26 2024 and i wouldn't doubt that there'll be uh other aspects to this built into it so that's really good yeah Yeah, fifth dream says i have issues with following too much movement this could help maybe it's very interesting to see all the way these games are um, innovating in accessibility. You know, uh, it was commented in chat. Uh, Dr. Tsuya said Mortal Kombat 1 and Street Fighter 6 did some cool stuff with accessibility as well. Yeah, remember like the uh, descriptive fatalities in Mortal Kombat 1? You know, there's there's been a lot of creativity in the accessibility realm with um, uh, fighting games. It's pretty cool to see. So it's nice that Tekken is um, kind of continuing that trend. It's pretty cool. All right. Yeah. I I want to see like games offer like more ways to play with like switch control for example Mm. or um with uh with uh eye tracking that could be if they can get the eye tracking down a lot better Mm -hmm. then i see a lot of potential in that i've used a couple of different eye tracking devices uh to control things um uh i'd say over the last year or so and it is it's getting better i i really see games opening up to to more people uh playstation vr 2 does that it's very uh Mm. fascinating yeah cool all right uh moving on on a completely different note i don't know how to transition Uh, to this topic loki but it's something people are talking about yeah it's uh the final final recent Act in the, the three-part like act. The third revision to Twitch's the, dance on. Yeah, the, the three-part act that is the Twitch allowing artistic nudity. Um, the, the climax, so, if you will. Yes, so now now they don't. Um, or at least they don't. Because people, once again, you know, they keep trying to skirt by the rules in different ways. So one of the new metas was this implied nudity meta. So basically they were putting like black bars across different um, areas of their body, even though they were clothed underneath, it would imply that they aren't, I guess. And so it was just getting ridiculous. So now they have a rule that says, we don't permit streamers to be fully or partially nude, including exposing genitals or buttocks, nor do we permit streamers to imply or suggest that they are fully or partially nude, including, but not limited to, um, Covering breasts or genitals or with objects or sensor bars. No Austin uh, Powers. No Austin Powers. I'm sorry. Austin Powers <laughs> banned. And banned from Which, Twitch. I hope you all know what I'm referencing in that movie. The infamous scene where the uh, continuous objects are covering up the body parts uh, of, that are otherwise implied nude. But I believe they wanted to keep that movie at a PG-13 rate. Maybe it is rated R. I don't know. But um and then they did the same fucking joke in the sequel, if I remember right. <laughs> I think in all of the movies, did, yeah. yeah. Of course they did. Of course they did. Um, no Austin so, Powersing. Yeah, so... Ooh, does that make the trailer for the latest Yakuza game illegal then? Because <laughs> it kind of did the same thing. I think games are different. I don't think it necessarily um, 
applies to games. It, I think that was one of the things that they did call out on it. I'm trying to right, see. Right, because you, you don't get banned for playing Baldur's Gate 3 if you just brush by right. that that part of the, and I mean that part of the character creator. You know, I'm sure if you were, you know, spending hours and hours, you know, doing weird things with it, then maybe, but uh, people don't get banned just for doing that. Even, you know what? The time I streamed Baldur's Gate 3, I still killed the video during that part. I was like, I'm not taking my chances, y'all. It's like the Steamboat Willie stuff. I'm not taking my chances on Disney's. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Right. Um, They did want to emphasize, though, that it says for those who present as women, we we ask you to that you cover your uh, cover your nipples and do not expose underbust. Cleavage is unrestricted as long as the coverage requirements are met and in bolded. And it is clear that the streamer is wearing clothing. No under boob. Um, that's what they're yeah. saying, right? No wonder. Save, save that for the, what was it, hot tub, uh, pools, hot tubs, and beaches. They know what that category is. Come on. Like, come on. Um, yeah, it, it, it'll be a mess until the next meta comes out, and then they do something yeah. else. They roll it back again, because someone will find a way to do something. Mirrors, or it'll be smoke and mirrors, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, it's a hard i don't envy the people trying to police the content on twitch because this is exactly what happens you make the rules one way and people push the envelope as far as they can but then if you you know make a rule that's too much then people complain that you're doing too much it's still like it's still ridiculous anyways because you know they the rules that they have right now regarding like wearing bikinis and stuff like that. They're like, well, only if it's a hot tub stream. And so they'll count it as a hot tub stream. If you have a kiddie pool in your, your bedroom or something like that, that's counted because there's a, there's a tub in view or something like that. Even I kept though joking clearly, that we were going to do a hot tub, not, not we, I wouldn't loop you all in this, but we were going to do a hot tub stream as a VOG point reward uh, because Grandpa Warcraft uh, or Captain Matt from Starboard Power Coupling has a hot tub up at his uh, up at his cabin. So I was like, "Oh, we do you have do you have fast internet out here? We could do a hot tub stream, talking about World of Warcraft. That'd be fun." Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's it's weird, it, but it, it's it's because they don't have a dedicated adult category is why you have it seeping into everything. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like because they don't crack down on it, like that's why it's still pervasive because they're making tons of money off of it probably. And until someone calls them out or their, you know, advertising partners call them out on it, they're not going to do anything. You know, what's funny. Tiger claw in chat says, remember when Twitch used to be about gaming and now look at this mess. They should have kept Justin TV for all the real life stuff. You, you might remember, go back to the episode right after TwitchCon. I went to a panel with the old Justin TV founders and some some of the new faces at Twitch as well that are that are and I actually asked a question. It wasn't I don't think this was streamed on Twitch or anything, so you had to be in the room. But I actually asked a question and I said some of the effect of like how did that journey happen where Justin TV was about real life stuff and then it kind of pivoted to Twitch and then it went back to to basically doing real life stuff, but now on Twitch. And in short, the answer I got was basically it never really was intended to go away that you weren't supposed to be doing like real life or whatever. It was always just a marketing thing, basically that, that they knew the audience was there with the video games and that kind of helped them get back. Anyway, go listen. The answer was better fresh in my mind on that episode. So you have to go back and listen to that episode after TwitchCon where I detailed it better. But 
I asked about that to the people that you would ask that about too. So it's a bummer that wasn't streamed online to my knowledge. All right. Uh, let's talk about this because this is something uh, that uh, I think a lot of people would be very excited about. And that would be a Chrono Trigger sequel. No, one hasn't been announced, but you know, this is the time of year where we're doing a lot of interviews with folks. So Yuji Hori, Hironobu Sakaguchi, and Kazuhiko Torishima recently got together in person. This is the first time in 30 years, apparently, that they got together in person to have a chat. And I think this was like a podcast or something that they were doing or a broadcast. And they were talking about a Chrono Trigger 2 that, that this idea kind of came up. And it actually seemed like there was some interest in making the sequel happen. But it's probably unlikely. Uh, Torishima joked that it would be easy to do because Square and Enix have now merged. Uh, Sakaguchi was not quite as sure. Uh, but they, they, all three devs said they'd like to work on a small game with a small team. Sakaguchi said, let's make a simple Chrono Trigger 2. Um, but then they kind of were joking about they want to make something for Switch or mobile. Uh, a Chrono Trigger 2 would probably end up becoming much bigger. And they do admit it would be difficult to see them doing Chrono Trigger 2. If they ever did make something together again, they'd want to do something brand new. But what's interesting, and Fifth Dream, you're spoiling the punchline, but that's okay. I understand the story's been going around a lot this week. They actually started talking about Sea of Stars, which, as you know, is a new kind of indie game that's very inspired by Chrono Trigger. Sea of Stars has been very greatly influenced. Well, sure enough, these guys know about this game. Hori said the devs did a great job. It looks just like Chrono Trigger. Torishima found the game to be nostalgic. And Sakaguchi said, look, it's the same. And said the devs really did their best and did a great job. Is that Toriyama? Uh, it says in the interview that that was uh, Kazuhiko Torishima. I know for just a moment I was thinking back to Toriyama who did all the artwork. Oh, so. no, 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 no. Green. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool that, uh, they, they recognize Sea of Stars and that they see the inspiration in that game. That's pretty cool. So I'm going to, I'm going to need to, uh, check out Sea of Stars at some point for sure. That's for sure. All right, let's move on and get to, uh, since we're taking a, a retro time back through, uh, time let's uh let's spotlight something in our next segment but by the way i do quickly want to mention uh you know we are taping a podcast but occasionally i have to acknowledge what's going on live since jamie already did that earlier i will also say thank you for the hype train y'all have a random ass hype train going on in chat right now thank you for that that's very sweet of you to do what a hell of a way to start off 2024 so why don't we why don't we bring you this segment uh that you've been waiting for to kick off the year here we go Now it's time to travel back to a simpler time, where I'll dive into the vault and pull out a classic and tell you about it. It's time for the classic game of the week. All right. And wait, before before I switch to what the game is, Dark Soccer, were you inspired at all by Orange Ride on this? Because I feel like you might have been. Or no, it's Dungeon Buster. I'm sorry, that does this on socials. Oh. Oh. Okay, because... He posts about these games a lot. Anyway, okay, I just, I had to know. Well, what was your inspiration for this week's pick? I did this because I already did the original Baldur's Gate. Oh, okay, got it, got it. All right, well, what is the classic game of the week then? It's Pool of Radiance, <laughs> another D&D &D game. 
Um, so, uh, Pool of Radiance uh, was uh, published in 1988 by Strategic Simulations, Inc. Um, you know, from the advanced Dungeons and Dragons. This was in the heyday of second edition still, which is still best edition. Um, and it was the first adaptation of uh, AD&D for home computers. And it was the first episode in a four-part series um, for Pool of Radiance. Um, they, uh, the other games came in a gold box series that used the engine that was pioneered in Pool of Radiance. Um, also, as did later D&D titles like Neverwinter Nights. Uh, online game and it takes place in the forgotten realms uh, setting and mostly centered around the city of plan a port city so you start off with a party of up to six characters you know decide you know what bits are in their pants what uh people they come from what their classes and what their their stats are and then you have to go uh help the part of the city by clearing out uh, bandits and other forces around and you move uh, from area from one to the other and basically you're just doing your campaign and you get your experience points like you do in standard D&D and you can increase your stats for different capabilities it is a first person game and the screen is divided into sections that show information that's useful to you um, and then, of course, during combat, it goes to top-down, quote, video game isometric view, end quote. Um, we're going to go into a little bit more of the gameplay. And for those who are here with us live on Twitch at Vogue Network, you can see, it, you know, going through the very various characters. And it has that classic first-person, you know sprite based going down you know turn the corner if you've played fantasy star you know what i'm talking about um so you can you can make your own party you can use a a generated party um for you know those new to it um and you have two slots also for npcs non-player characters um you can uh for some versions, they had ways that you could save them on your disk drive. Uh, on others, you would have to have a save disk, like Commodore 64 used to save disk. If you're playing the DOS version, it definitely saved to the internal. Um, so basically, your exploration mode, as I was mentioning earlier, has that three-dimensional first-person perspective with uh, a rectangle in the top left of the screen displaying what the party is looking at. Um, you have different menus, you can see your attributes, you can see character sheets, you can see all kinds of stuff. It, you you have three different versions of each sprite as well to differentiate uh, short, medium, and long-range encounters. You've got your spell list, you have all kinds of stuff. Um, and of course, as I said, it goes to a top-down uh, diametric uh, view uh, projection where you can look at where the characters are put them in the right place talk your strategy all of that um 
and then of course you get an extra attack when enemies are retreating which i think is awesome it's the let me stab you in the back on your way out or the, the door hit you in the ass if a character's uh hit points hp falls uh, below zero then you have to be bandaged by another character or you die the game has random encounters of course uh and uh Dragon Magazine, which, if you don't remember Dragon Magazine, they it was the magazine for all things D&D, Fantasy Universe, you named it. Um, lots of good tie-ins with various uh, TSR properties. Um, but one of their game reviewers said that the random encounters followed the standard patterns for encounter tables in tabletop D&D manuals. And that the monster depictions basically were exactly what they were in the monster manual. Um, so you've got different combat options based on your class. So fighters can do melee or range. Magic users cast spells. Thieves have backstab, um, sneak fight you know basically you just keep going you know normal normal stuff uh, of course for spellcasters you have to uh spend time nightly to memorize your spells um as you uh you go through you get xp and you can level up to become more powerful it had some interesting copy protection in it um, the DOS, Mac, and Apple II versions of Pool of Radiance had a two-ply code wheel. You know, like those old decoders that you would get in your cereal boxes back oh, yeah. in the day when there people were... still gave a shit about decoders? I feel like some Sierra games had the, the wheels, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LucasArts was... did a lot. Oh, yeah. It was used for translating Elvish and Dwarven runes, and some Dwarven runes had different translations. Um, but on the title screen, um, it would come up with two runes and a, a, a varying line like dotted dashed or whatever that corresponded to the markings on your code wheel. And you would enter a five or six character code that corresponded to all of that. And um, then that would be how you would unlock the game for use. Um, also, in the DOS version, Pool of Radiance, uh, the code wheel is used for some in-game puzzles. Um, in the NES version, the Elvish words are given to you deciphered, so you don't have a code wheel for the NES version. But, but basically, um, in in the land of Flan, you're on the Moon Sea shore. Um, and basically, you're you're starting a new flan, an area that, and just basically having to protect the city and help it grow, and and you know work for them. And you have different gods in the city, and their temples can can heal you depending on how you are. Some of them require money because, of course, they do. Um, you also can hire NPCs to go with the party, so it is you know you go to the tavern and listen to uh to gossip and and drink and it's like am i in the tavern yeah you're in the tavern cool i get drunk that too um <laughs> if there's any chicks there i want to do them yeah <laughs> so but basically going back to a little bit of history on the game i know i have been 
talking at length about this already, but this game is very important in gaming history. Um, it was, again, the first official game based off AD&D rules. The scenario was created by uh, TSR designers Jim Ward, David Cook, Steve Winter, and Mike Brayalt. I always mispronounce his name. And then the programmers uh, from uh, SSI's uh, team. And the uh, the game was created on an Apple II and Commodore 64 computers in one year with a team of 35 people. It was the first to use this game engine known as the Gold Box. Um, and it really followed quite well the AD&D rules, the second edition rules. Um, it used a lot of the Unearthed Arcana and the Monster Manual 2 that was used, uh, it was used in development. And honestly enough, you know, the Pool of Radiance series, uh, not only did it come out originally on Commodore 64, Apple II series, and IBM PCs. It came out on Atari ST. There was a Mac version in 1989 that had slightly different interface and was meant to also work on black and white Macs like the Mac Plus and Mac Classic. Um, you know, different different tiles. Uh, there was an Amiga version that came out. Um, PC uh, 9800 version. Um it was fully translated in Japanese and had full color graphics. Uh, it was ported to the NES under the title Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Pool of Radiance. It came out in April 1992. Um, the NES version had a full soundtrack that was composed by uh, Toda Seiji, um, who was signed to Pony Canyon. Um, the soundtrack was also on the PC 9801 version. Um, the Amiga version had some extra music. Um, but uh, the game shipped with a 28-page booklet that described some secrets in playing the game and concepts behind it, and it had uh, you know just showed you how to create the party, and also had a 38-page adventurer's journal which gave more background on the game, uh, had maps and all kinds of information. Um, it did spawn three direct sequels: Curse of the Azure Bonds in '89. Secrets of the Silver Blades in 1990 and Pools of Darkness in 1991, which I think is the one maybe most people know of as Pools of Darkness. Um, 1989 game Hills Far was also made by SSI, but not a sequel to Pool of Radiance, but it was inspired. Um, it it was very detailed and very amazing for its day. You know, keep keep in mind these. These games were at the time being run on like Pentium. I think it was a Pentium two, Pentium three around the time. No, it, was a, it had to have been a Pent, uh, Pentium two. Anyway, I'm, I have to go look at my my history again. It's all about the Pentiums, um, baby. <laughs> well, um, in 1988, uh, the module Ruins of Adventure was created using the same scenario for Pool of Radiance. Same plot, background, setting, you name it. And so the module also gave clues to completing the computer missions. And so the Ruins of Adventure had four linked mini-scenarios, which were the core Pool of Radiance. And then um, Dragon said that Pool of Radiance was based on Ruins of Adventure, not vice versa. But Mike Broyalt stated 
that um that they were chosen directly to write for pool of radiance and so the game came first 1989 there's a novelization of pool of radiance that was called pool of radiance um published by tsr um in their forgotten realms series uh it was the first in a trilogy there was pools of darkness and pool of twilight uh, GOG has released Pool of Radiance and many of the Gold Box games digitally on August 20th, 2015, as part of the Forgotten Realms, the Archives. Steam also released Pool of Radiance in 2022. Um, SSI sold 264,536 copies for North America when it came out, and that was three times that of Heroes of the Lance, which was, I believe, uh, the... Dragonlance one, I'd have to say. Yeah, this is the Dragonlance campaign. Um, and the hint book outsold any earlier game. Um, it really was very well received. Dragon Magazine gave it a four and a half out of five stars. Um, Amiga Action, 79%. Commodore User, nine out of ten. So it it also won. Uh, an Origins Award for Best Fantasy or Science Fiction Computer Game of 1988. Um, there were some mixed reviews for some of the other versions. Some people just didn't care for having it on a computer to begin with, and that colored their uh, their review. Um, they also found that there were speed issues. The DOS version was really fast. So much that they had to slow the game down to be able to read on-screen messages. The DOS version played at twice the speed of Commodore 64 um, or 128 version when using the EGA graphics mode. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I mean, there's a lot more history about it. It won so many awards. It really was something that set the pace. And um, in 1990, it received the fifth highest number of votes in the survey of computer gaming world all-time favorites it has been ranked by ign as number three on their list of top 11 dungeon and dragons games of all time in 2014 and honestly it really did set the pace you know i think the big thing that uh, yeah the big one that i played was pool of radiance ruins of mithranor um I played a lot of that one, and I have, like, the... Well, actually, I think I loaned the manual to somebody, and I don't know where it is now. Um, but I had, like, the full box set that came with the, the player's guide and everything. So I love that they were able to put these things together. And that's that's it, though. The one that started at Pool of Radiance. All right. Great pick. And hey, very much a classic. I remember movie. my Thacko. That's right. You can see Thacko on the screen, as Bobby's pointing out, and some of the... Um... Uh, kind of transitions as they're walking around and managing their inventory I'll, and doing all this. I'll translate for the babies to hit armor class zero. <laughs> all right. Pool of Radiance, your classic game of the week and really one of the all-time classics, to be quite honest. Uh, picking picking a heck of a thing to start off uh, 2024. All right. Uh, we're going to check out some other news very quick. And then uh, we uh, just have a couple other headlines here. It's still pretty early in the year, so we don't have a ton of news. But there's been there's been a bit to catch up on over the past couple weeks. So we still have just a few more things, including some quick headlines. And we will start with Loki. 
Yeah, speaking of something tangentially related to uh, Dungeons & Dragons, I mean, I guess it is technically Dungeons & Dragons, but Baldur's Gate 3, uh, folks are getting banned, uh, or I should say, uh, getting having their clips flagged on Xbox um, if they contain, you know, some spicy gameplay in there. So now um, Lorian Studios has worked with Microsoft to get those clips um, unbanned. And in the meantime, they said that if you want to upload any clips, uh, make sure to turn off mature content so that, you know, it doesn't come across and you don't have your account in, uh, be uh, in jeopardy there. Uh, oh, I had to unpublish mine because I accidentally showed bits. Um, yeah. I will also on a somewhat related but funny note that I saw come across social media because, um, you know, Awesome Games Done Quick is coming up next week. So there's speed runs, lots of speed runs. One speed run you will not be seeing um, there is the one that I just saw on YouTube. And that was a uh, it was a sex run uh, in Baldur's Gate. And it was somebody unlocking sex as fast as they could in the game. And I, I think it was like two minutes. I think they got it done. I think they got sex in under two minutes, which is how long some Jeez. guys last. But I don't. Anyway. That long? So, uh, Game Pass, adding some new games in January, obviously. So, uh, some of the games coming to Game Pass this month, we have Hell Let Loose. Uh, that's on Cloud, PC, and the Xbox series. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That's coming to all three as well. Figment. Uh, we have Super Mega Baseball 4. We Happy Few. Resident Evil 2. Those Who Remain. And uh, also other game updates. They have the Dead by Daylight uh, Chucky update, Hello Neighbor 2 Anniversary, and Sea of Thieves Season 10. Uh, games being removed from Game Pass this month. Grand Theft Auto 5 again. Because, you know, it comes and goes. Um, and then Garden Story, MotoGP 22, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 3 Portable are also leaving this month as well. All right. Um, Dark Sakura. So, um, <clears throat> oh goodness, I had the frog in my throat. Um, so we have the next uh, Stern Pinball release, and that's going to be da 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 da. It's going to be Jaws, which I think we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> Anyway, um, uh, from uh, there's going to be um, a little bit more information coming out, but right now they've just made their uh, their uh, big. Uh, they're going to be showing more off uh, between uh, January 9th and 12th at the Consumer Electronics Expo in Las Vegas. I kind of want to be there, um, but. They're already people are already sure that it's already like in production, so we'll see what happens. All right, and one more story for you is about a classic game that dates all the way back to the Atari Lynx is being redone for the Nintendo Switch. It's Chips Challenge. Uh, oh, that, I remember Chips. Yeah, that's right. It came out originally in 1989 for the Atari Lynx, and it's going to be coming out uh, on January 25th, 2024. 
for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, they It's the classic puzzle game from 1989 with over 140 levels. Uh, this collection will let you play the classic game, but with new features, including display filters, such as uh, LCD and CRT filters, save games, and then right and left-handed control presets. You know, interesting fun fact, and I think I've mentioned this on the show before. I actually know the guy that made this game. The original, um, Chuck is his name. He made this game uh, on the Atari Lynx back in the day. And, you know, this game's kind of been everywhere since then because of how these different ports uh really nice guy he doesn't really he's not really connected to video games he's not really connected with the gaming industry anymore um he said to me some just things that i think he's just kind of not with it anymore but he does some really cool um he does a lot of cool like lighting stuff now actually he does like exhibits for burning man and they've actually showed some of them downtown if you saw like that light wall by the golden one downtown last year it was up for a few months he did that so he does a lot of really cool light exhibits now so it's kind of i i guess maybe interesting kind of thing that um here 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 comes that game coming up again uh on the nintendo switch it's just uh some games last a very long time it's pretty cool all right, uh, moving on. Let's travel around the world and check out some other new games that are coming out in the coming week. Although I don't know if there would be a lot this early in the year, but I'll check in anyway. Uh, Loki. Yeah, and, and I was going to mention with uh, Chips Challenge, the thing, I didn't remember this from the actual uh, Atari Lynx. I actually got it with the Microsoft Entertainment Pack. Remember that? <laughs> I do. That I was... think that's how a lot of people played it, to be honest. Exactly. So it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, we have a few things coming out this week. Not a whole lot, but we have, uh, looks like, uh, Leica Age Through Blood on Nintendo Switch, uh, Momodo, uh, Momodora, uh, Moonlit Farewell on PC, uh, the Top Racer Collection on PC, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series, War Hospital on PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series, Crystal Story, Dawn of Dusk on PC, and that actually is it. All right. Well, let's uh, head over to Japan and check out the releases coming out there. Um, I don't think we have an awful lot this week. Well, we have a, actually we have a little bit on the 11th. Uh, we have Gungrave Gore, but that's G-O-R-E, uh, is coming out on the Nintendo Switch in an enhanced edition and limited edition. Because, you know, we love our limited editions and such in Japan. Uh, also, Football Manager uh, coming out in Japan on January the 12th. So that is what you have to look forward to on the Nintendo Switch. On the PlayStation 5, that Football Manager game also being released in Japan. But that is really it. Uh, what about Europe, Dark Sakura? Um, One. It's uh, on PlayStation and Xbox. It comes out the 11th. War Hospital Deluxe Edition. Uh, Exciting. Yeah. All right, we have just a few more stories for you, and then we'll invite your uh, comments and topics and all that good stuff. Uh, but first, uh, Loki's got a couple other headlines to talk about. These are both kind of some big stories, too. We want to make sure we don't Yeah. Miss um, so we know that there's surprisingly coming out very soon, and I'm surprised we haven't seen anything about it yet. Uh, but the Minecraft movie is supposed to be coming out this year. Um Actually, I think it may be pushed back a little bit later, um, but I thought it was coming out in March. Like, it's pretty close. Why live action? I don't know. This is, it just sounds awful as a live action movie. Remember that they had casted Jason Momoa in it for some reason. 
And <laughs> now uh, Jack Black is set to play Steve in the Minecraft movie. I I don't know how like like don't get me wrong. I like Jack Black. He would work as as an animated movie. It would work as him playing Steve. I do not see him as a Steve in a live action Minecraft. It just doesn't feel like it makes any sense. You know what, Loki? It could have been worse. It could have been Timothy Chalamet or something like that. So you know, Jack Black. I, I they could have done a lot worse. <laughs> At least I don't know. Jack Black. I think he'll have... bring enthusiasm to the role, though. I, I, it, I mean, it's that. sure, he'll but have like, a respect it, for the I source just, material. It, it's just important. like it's it's one of those things. Like the idea of a Minecraft movie, like an animated movie, makes a whole ton of sense to me. A live action Minecraft movie makes no sense to me. And hearing Jack Black and Jason Momoa makes me think of like a, the new Jumanji type thing where it's like, <laughs> oh, we got sucked into a video game type thing. And like, I certainly hope that's not what it is because I mean, one, it's incredibly derivative. And two, it's Jack Black is in the Jumanji movie and that's the premise of that too. So it's like, okay, you can't do that again. I mean, you can, but like this was it i think this is a warner brothers movie too if i remember correctly so you're gonna cancel all those other movies but not this i mean i don't know we'll see i'm not excited about it but i'll see it anyways i just ugh. ssj 100 matt going straight for the heart saying i raise your timothy chalamet with jared leto do you know how tron fans <laughs> are grieving right now do you know what it's like to be a tron fan right now well, yeah, to hear um, that he's gonna... actor. Well, but... there, there's that, there's that too. That's also horrible news. But yeah, she, yeah, she, she passed. But um, uh, Jared Leto is going to be in the third movie. What? <sighs> yeah. Oh, that came out a while ago. You um, know. Okay. Here, here's the thing. I actually don't really hate him so much in movies. I think it's just cool to hate on him. <laughs> you just haven't watched his movies, have you? <laughs> I did. I like. I actually it's, was kind of okay, into him as Joker in Suicide Squad. Okay, big saying, fan of the we're Morbius. Not, we're, we're way, <laughs> we're way distance from my so-called life now. I just want to be clear. <laughs> All right. Like, I didn't have a problem with him as Joker in in the Suicide Squad movie, other than he didn't even need to be in the movie. But like, true. And then then they just like let's not pretend that movie ever happened, and we'll just do it again. You know. So. um I don't know. Like, I'll see it anyways. It's going to be garbage because I got to see whether it's going to be garbage or not. I mean, you're watching. I, you're waiting for the train wreck to happen. You're going to. I am watch waiting it. for. I am going to hate watch it, but like, yeah, it's just it's. I have to see a trailer of it. Like, it's just right now. Like, assuming that it's coming out, I how how is it coming out in March? March? It sounds like they haven't even shot a frame. Yeah, of it you're. That's impossible. Well, March 2025 live action. How Maybe. much of it's going it to be CG and green screen? Yeah, it I, was supposed to be pretty soon. Like, um, I, I want to say it was this year, and I want to say it was very soon. Yeah, April. F oh, April fourth of next year. Now, uh, okay, okay, thank you, thank you. Twenty twenty-five. That, that's a little that's, bit more. There. That makes a little bit more I'm sense. I'm sorry. I'd, I would. I would love a Tron movie for my birthday, but I don't know so much. No, he, he's uh, Matt's still talking no, about I'm Minecraft. Talking about... I don't know when the Tron one is being done, oh. um, but they did. Uh, yeah, I don't after, know yet. After right after the writer strike wrapped up, or the I'm sorry, the actor strike wrapped up, they confirmed that because um, one of the big stories when the writer strike happened was that they laid people off 
uh, that were working on Tron because they were mm. unable to finish it. But then once they got that resolved, they're picking it up again and now they're making casting announcements. So but who's Jared Leto supposed to play in the Tron movie? Like know. just I don't think Garrett Hedlund's back in it or so it's all it's all I think it's taking place Some like random it's, program. It's a completely different. I don't know. I have concerns, but we'll see. We'll see. I'll I will hate watch it just like Loki hate watches Minecraft because at least it's Tron. So you want to talk there's about no, like there's no hands. Daft Punk to do the score. We we didn't we didn't bring this in. It's it didn't make it into our show role because I forgot to post it. But did you hear about um how Warner Brothers is now licensing uh the Oasis from Ready Player One did to make that this. like you're talking about a company like really we're gonna trust Warner Brothers with this the company that like just eats up other companies and then cancels okay. all their products and like all that stuff like are we really gonna do that one um, one word three letters Matrix MMO flop it's also like it's like you don't like did you read the book like do you not recognize yourselves as ioi like the the company that's basically this big corporation looking to monetize the whole thing in the first place like of course not because they're everybody's looking at Fortnite (laughs) now and everybody wants to be the next Fortnite. yeah but what was the last good warner brothers game mortal kombat one yeah, okay fine that's that's more another realm that they're yes publisher, that is more like, another realm but you yeah. know like if we, like, just any of their properties though other than that some, have just been some awful. would say the wizard boy game mm. it 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 sure. sold it sold copies we'll just leave it at that you know but if i if if i am to <laughs> things take your, happened in relation to it if i am to take your question seriously i would have to give you that serious answer sure I just don't trust them. Uh, yeah, I'm with Artesia. I want the classics. I want a new Midway collection. Hell yes to that. All right. Uh, but you have another, uh, speaking of old things being new again, yes. I think this is rad. Uh, Loki. Yes. So City of Heroes. You may remember that. That's a name we haven't heard in a while. Yeah, I, um, I used to just play in nothing but their character creator. Yeah, so um, apparently City of Heroes obviously was shut down a long time ago, back in 2012. And, um, but there was some unofficial private servers running the game and that had been existing for years afterwards. Um, now, uh, one of those, of course, is a part of, was it the homecoming was what it's this unofficial fanron project called homecoming and, um, announced that NCSoft had no plans to kill city of heroes. A private server. Instead, the company is uh, providing the devs with an official license to maintain the Heroes or City of Heroes server. So they're coming out and endorsing it, basically allowing them to continue it on. Uh, which I think is pretty awesome. It says Homecoming has been granted a license to operate City of Heroes server and further develop the game, subject to conditions and limitations of the contract. But as uh, between us and NCSoft, NCSoft still owns City of Heroes intellectual property and its derivatives, uh, but at least they're going to be allowed to continue, you know, developing the game, I guess, to add enhancements where need be and stuff like that. This so is that's like pretty seven cool. Seven years late, but it's still pretty cool. It's still pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Also pretty cool. All of you that participate with our show every week, uh, whether you're here live in our chat room over at twitch.tv slash VOG network, or you're listening on our podcast feed and interacting with us on social media, um, such as blue sky. Cause I don't read the other one, uh, or, uh, sending us emails, participate at orange lounge radio.com. Unfortunately, I believe we are email free tonight. Dark Sakura, Is that correct? Yeah. All right. Well, make Dark Sakura work next week. Participate at orangelaundry.com is the place to send us some emails. Hey, if nothing else, send us some cute cat pics or dog pics if you don't have cats. Uh, and if you don't have cats or dogs, fish pics are acceptable as well. Whoever your uh, loved non-human friends are. Um, and uh, yeah, I will open it up, though, for folks in our chat. If you have anything you want to ask us about, please uh, please ask it over at twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. I will point out, because uh, I saw them join our chat earlier, mm-hmm. our pal uh, Slaggy McWaggy joined uh, chat. And I know that and if you don't know Slaggy, uh, he used, hosted a show that used to be on this network called the GameBuoy.org podcast. I'm waiting for them to come back, and I hope they do uh, someday and will still uh, join us on the network when they do. But uh, Slaggy uh, has rebranded his Twitch presence because I was joking that Slaggy rebrands more often than Madonna. So Slaggy was going by either the dragon gay or that dragon gay and was kind of exclusively doing final fantasy 14 for a few months, but Slaggy is now opening up and doing other content as well. I believe they were playing Stardew Valley earlier today. So, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to shout out because I think Slag is still trying to get to the 50 followers. So I wanted to shout that out in our chat. Um, Hot Pocketry, which is, a, I love that name, by the way, uh, says in chat, I made friends with a moth. Is that cool? Um, I think Only so. Only if it's a photogenic moth. Um, as what if as- it's one of those big gigantic moths? Those are awesome. Well, yes. Or Moth cool. Man. That might be a little bit scary. Uh, and hopefully not the kind of moth that you saw in the Silence of the Lands, because that was creepy. Um, but as long as otherwise the moth wasn't hurting anyone. <laughs> Mothra. <laughs> Mothra, yeah. If it was Mothra, then awesome. <laughs> Uh, Dark Tetsuya says, did we talk about Loki's game this week? I know it's one near and dear to my heart, at least. Is this, which, what, what are we, Loki's game? Are we talking about the what one game? that you're developing for the playdate? I'm not developing anything yet. I'm just sitting here looking at the playdate and occasionally downloading stuff to it. Okay. So, so, uh, it's, it's in its conceptual stage only. We will let you know when, sh- when shooting yeah. has commenced on, uh, that product. Oh, Dr. Sue's talking about the game in the background. You're right. I didn't check this in the beginning oh, of the show. Uh, but you have a game playing behind you, uh, as as you often do when we're taping our show. Yes. Uh, it is um, only because I couldn't really think of what I wanted to put in the background. So I was like, okay, I'd like to see like a racing game. So it's Wangan Midnight Maximum Tune 6. Uh what a good soundtrack. Only because the soundtracks are awesome. Yeah. yeah, the soundtracks of those games are always great. Although I don't know if I've listened all the way to six. Uh, but the first three, I definitely have done that. So it's cool. I love that. Um, any last minute stories or other topics to bring up tonight, Loki? Mm, no. Yeah, I know. It's been it's been one of those weeks. Uh, SJ100 Matt is saying, are we doing predictions again this year? Oh, that's a good thought. Oh, yeah, we should have looked at those. We did those last year. Actually, right? I think we I think I have them. Okay, let's do it. We should. We should look at that up. What, did, what did we predict? That's what we're going to find out because I should. We can make remember. our predictions next week, I guess, since we're. Yeah, I need prepared. preparation for that. Yeah, we, don't we do can it. look so at what our predictions thought. were this year. Um, 
I don't know if I have them on my desktop. Where did I put OLR 2023? Were they in a, were they in a Darth oh, Vader can? Oh, here we are. I found them. I found them. You ready? Uh -oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. All right. Let's recap. Here we are. I have them in my very fancy notepad file. Wait, how can I, how can I make this Good bigger? Lord. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to make this bigger. Um, WordPad. I am using the most current technology I have available to me on the internet. Okay, here we go. So Loki had predicted the PSVR 2 was impossible to find. I would say no, you were not correct on that. Uh, you, you can, because the next prediction was me, the PSVR 2 flops. I, I kind of want to give myself a point for that. I don't know. We should have defined what a flop. I haven't is. seen them in stores. Okay, so like, yeah, they may be available because no one's buying them. But like, it's I don't know. All right. We'll yeah, see. I know. I think neither one of these are technically correct. It didn't like flop, but it didn't do gangbusters either. They so I certainly forgot what what. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, Dark Sakura had predicted the Google Chrome Gamebook bombs. I feel like that's in a similar situation where I haven't heard of it bombing, but it isn't really doing gangbusters either. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Google like Google Chrome sales is pretty low anyway, so that's it's like you would would you really notice if it bombed? Like, cause who's buying a Google a Chromebook for that? True. Uh, Loki had said the ABK Microsoft merger will not go through, and an example is made of them. I would say, well, obviously you got the first half wrong, but I would actually argue you kind of got half a point here because we noticed that the government is still going after this and they're that they're trying, trying to make to, an example yeah. of them. So I, I actually would give you a half point here. Okay, I'll um, take a half point. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you, uh, or I'm going to give myself a full point here. Matsuda forced out of Square Enix. That, did ha that happened early in the year, actually, and it's Square Enix has a new president now. So I give myself a point for that one. Uh, Dark Sakura said Kotick forced out of the working world completely. Hmm. And well, he's at least forced out of Microsoft. I'm going to say half point. Um, yeah. Okay. He she he 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 isn't working uh, right now. At the moment, yeah. <laughs> uh, but forced out, he still kind of got a parachute. So I'm going to say half point. All right. Okay. Uh, Loki says Nintendo finally announces new console for what they're cooking up next year. Nope. nope. Zonk, zonk. Try again. Uh, Loki, I don't even remember this. Loki said Cocaine Bear game is insane and awesome. What? They never had one. <laughs> oh, they never came out with one. That's right, because this was in the movie. That's right. This was in the movie trailer was everywhere. And Megan and all that shit. And you were like, oh, there's inevitably going to be a Cocaine Bear game. Womp, womp. Nope, there won't. Uh, me, Valve releases a three. Boy, did I get that one wrong. Uh, well, actually, I take that back. There is a Cocaine Bear game. Um, is it insane and awesome? It is a web game, mm -hmm. and it is not insane mm -hmm. or awesome. It is Pac-Man. We're, we're keeping that red color. <laughs> okay. Dark Sakura literally can't even. Well, that's that was that, she's just giving. I've herself, never been able. She's just giving herself a point. Uh, and then also predicted for Dead by Daylight, Candyman or Pumpkinhead. Good choices, but didn't happen. Let's be let's be real. I was surprised by Chucky, honestly. Yeah, let's be real. Um, 
that, that's that's a hard one to predict. <laughs> and the Candyman was being predicted a lot of places. And it's still uh, nobody could have predicted Nicolas Cage. That's what I was really going to say. Nobody would have predicted Nicolas Cage. Uh, for sure. I put something up on my TikTok of me playing him with a Demogorgon. <laughs> oh, fun. It's pretty funny. I love that. So honestly, we really only kind of got points in this section here. Uh, an example was made of ABK. Uh, Matsuda no longer at Square Enix and Kotick forced out of the working world completely. Not bad. Not bad. What, nah, not great. What did the other <laughs> podcasts get? <laughs> S- Cookies. SJ and Hunter Matt did say Rob Stradamus got that one. Honestly, I'm mean, look. I I did predict a lot of shit. Maybe not on the prediction episode, but I did call a lot of shit last year. But I will say that was a real. E- anyone could have seen that coming. Where Square Enix was going, especially earlier in the year, you you had to see that one coming. You really did. So, all right. Thank you, Record WN. Great job, everyone. And uh, yeah, so we'll we'll do new predictions next week um thank thank god i had that file saved that was great maybe next year i'll make a powerpoint we'll really do something with it all right powerpoint it's all keynote (laughs) whatever whatever or or well what's uh, what's in reality i don't actually use powerpoint to be clear i use um, rob real people use tableau what's what is um open offices uh version impress that's what I've used. Impress. impress. Are you not impressed? Don't you, impressed? don't you know whenever there's information you need to present, you should just go for Tableau? No, I'll just use Impress. <laughs> <laughs> Open Office. All right. Um, I, I do love Tableau, though. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, we're going to wrap it all up and get on out of here for the night. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our show. Uh, if you enjoyed what you heard here at Orange Lounge Radio, please tell a friend or two about the show. Help us spread the word because we are the show where every gamer has a voice, but we need more voices to put out on air. So tell a friend or two about the show. Help us spread the word. We would most appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, of course, a follow on social media, uh, on Twitch at Vogue Network or Blue Sky at Vogue Network or whatever. Uh, th- that stuff goes off a long way. So really appreciate that. Okay, Dark Sakura, speaking of Dead by Daylight, I know you're going to do your thing. Well, you are playing Dead by Daylight tonight right i shouldn't assume because i know you've been yeah i'm gonna the other night you were kind of like i want to do something else so i okay so you are doing yeah because it's sunday night is always killer night unless people are like play with me i don't i I, i'm i'm not able to go as long as i was before because i actually do have work tomorrow Mm. um but I need I need to get some pigu time in. All right. You know, we need some pigu time. Well, have fun. Have a good stream. Do you have a final thought for us before you head out? Um, fact check before you fucking post. That's all. Good advice, especially with video content. I'm going to say that right now. Make sure the video content that you're posting isn't from a film that was made three years ago. Okay. Good okay, advice. people. Okay. It's too all easy right. to hit that repost button. All right. Later, leaders. Bye. Uh, Loki, do you have a final thought for us tonight? Uh, hopefully, I'll have some new episode content out soon, since I have a lot of it edited already, and I probably should just get it done. So we'll do that. We'll get it done. Sounds good. Uh, my final thought is I'll be having another new character day with Shane at some point this week. Oh, I've been posting TikToks. I've done like three. I'm a TikToker now. I've I did like three TikToks the first week of January. Yay! And they are I I think they're fun little stories. I'm test. 
I'm actually, I, I kind of thought TikTok would be a fun space to kind of test material for things that I might use on stage later on. So um, if you want to get some insight into storytelling and things like that, check out TikTok. Uh, I am Mr. Mr. Rob Roberts on TikTok because somebody took my name. Uh, so check that out. Um, also a good way to expand your Twitch and YouTube following if you I am, co-stream there. I'm very aware that I need to get my fucking ass on TikTok to expand my presence as well. Because I really... I, I'm not doing it. So I mean, I, like, you know. I, I really am trying to up some of my hosting and live stuff. And I just want to, ha- you know, you have to have that presence to back it up. The next thing I have to work on is a website for myself. So... There's that. Oh, yeah, I'll make websites now. What year is I know, this? I know. 90s? Mobile friendly sites too. You got to do that version that, you know, does mobile and, but it's what it is. I have a link tree for now and that does, that does good enough. But yes, especially because I'm trying to do it without Twitter. I don't know if y'all know, but like I, li- I literally locked my Twitter and there's a, my bio now says I don't post here basically. So uh, it's, it says something equivalent of I don't post here, go to blue sky. Um, So that, and that's, you know, there's still a lot of people on Twitter that won't fucking leave, which I understand it's it's comfortable and so forth. And there's still a lot of engagement to be had there. But I am playing hard mode by being stubborn and not doing fucking Twitter. So there's that. And yeah, uh, Bobby Blackwell says you need websites now so you're not reliant on any social media platform. Hot Pocketry asks, is Blue Sky open? Yes and no. You still need an invite code, which if you need an invite code, like, Talk to a lot of people in chat can hook you up uh, or message me on discord. We'll get you hooked up. Um, and, uh, but what they did open up is that now you can actually link to posts and you can see them without having a blue sky account, which is huge. Oh, so that basically like your blue skies are now all public. I said they, but they gave the user base warning. They said in 30 days, your posts will be viewable publicly. So if you have anything you don't want, you you know, but but they keep reminding Blue Sky has always been an open platform. You need to be careful. You know, they're they're trying to remind people, but uh, that has not stopped FCF from happening every Friday. And in fact, apparently FCF broke Blue Sky this last Friday. Uh, and FCF does not mean Fuzzy Cat Friday. It means something else. And I will leave it to your active imaginations to figure out. Um, it's not Fat Chicken Friday, but it's close. So <laughs> you. Just, I'll leave it at that. But anyway, Blue Sky is fun. Uh, that's where I post now. So if you want to see my um, daily things on sh- short form media, Blue Sky is the place to be. Or Instagram. I still use Instagram at Mr. Rob Roberts. Same name there. You can find all my stuff on Linktree at Rob Roberts. All right. Um, but that's it. We're out of here. Have a wonderful night, everybody. We will see you next week here on the show. Uh, you're getting the holiday outro tonight one more time because I forgot to sub it out. But are we still within the 12 days of Christmas? I think today I think today is literally the last day, or it was yesterday. I don't know. Whatever lazy reason I have, you still get the holiday outro one more time. Happy New Year, everybody. Good night. You've been listening to Orange Lounge Radio. Orange Lounge Radio is a production of OLR Studios. To join us for our live show, tune in to vognetwork.com Sunday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff of Orange Lounge Radio nor Vogue Network, but you know they were all still true. See you next week. <laughs>